Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome to the Co-Optional Podcast, which today yeah. is sponsored by Crunchyroll. Woo! No, we're not actually kidding, it is. That means I think we're obligated to talk about anime for at least three minutes and then play a really bad ad that Dodger made later in the show. That's the oh, plan, right? Oh, oh. I thought yeah. we had to do it all at once. I was very excited that we were going to do, like, just massive sellouts at the beginning. Oh. I was super excited about that. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll be massive sellouts at the beginning. That I can guarantee. We'll have at least, like, three minutes of talking about anime. And I'm Actually, pretty sure I'm uh, I'm just going to read the, uh, the, let's see, there's the contract. Uh, do not <laughs> tell them about how bad the Persona 4 Golden Anime is. Okay. I remember seeing that in bold print, yeah. Yeah, that was it. Here, I believe here, that was very specific. Here's the thing. Out of all of us, the only real sellout here is me, because I don't. Look, I don't know any anime, but if I did, I'd watch it on Crunchyroll. Of course you would. Or I'd watch it. The only anime I know that's on Crunchyroll that I know exists there that I like is the one that's Nintendo versus Sega. It's the, uh, like, Ao Sakai no Tushu Cushion. Look, whatever what? the hell the name is. That's yeah. not a real yeah. thing. No, it's real. It it's is. The, Nin the Nintendo Kingdom against the it, Sega it, it's Kingdom. The, uh, it's the, hold on, hold on. Yeah. I had to look this up. It's, it's awful. TV Nin don't Terudo, watch it. Terudo okay. Kingdom versus the Sagao Kingdom. And they yeah. the characters include... Um, the main characters are technically Sonic and Tails. Yeah. Oh, no, Tails, Tails dies. Tails dies yeah. and then... Yeah. Tails is also a chick who has her clothes explode off at one point, if I'm not mistaken. Um, right. Sonic is in it. They have uh, Tetris. Tetris is a character. Mario How is Luigi Tetris a character? Tetris, his it's... name's Tejoloff, and he's Tetris. Of course uh, There's... Zelda from Zelda, there, but his name—it's it, Zerig—is the dude's name. Uh, there's uh, characters from Fire Emblem. There's uh, Samus is Saroid. It's Metroid and Samus combined. <laughs> there's Fasta, who's Fox. All these characters. I've seen two episodes, and all you need to know is it's fantastic. Oh, okay. <laughs> maybe yeah, the worst maybe don't I've watch ever that seen. one. Maybe. <laughs> it's so silly. I love it. I love it because it's ridiculous. I have been uh, watching I'm a list. See this. I that sounds like a bad idea. I, that's also the kind of thing you want to riff, really. Put it on and just insult it for all time. All I remember is vividly someone shoots an arrow at this girl and it, the arrow destroys her clothes. <laughs> Look, that's all I remember. I remember that too, that yeah. sounds like anime. <laughs> it's great. I did watch a little bit of Log Horizon. I will give you credit for that. Uh, that that's pretty good. Do you uh, like it? Yeah. Uh, so far, so far it's I okay. Think it's way better than Sword Art Online. Well, once Sword Art Online got a little bit creepy, which was about three episodes in and never stopped being creepy, that's the kind of point that I just start, stopped watching it. And then towards the end of season one, season two, when things started to go really creepy, I'm like, nah! Uh, but even like, I don't know, Sword Art Online has always been very, we're going to follow this one character and watch him like become a badass and all the ladies love him and he's doing all these cool things in this virtual world. But in Log Horizon, it's like, here's this whole political landscape of yeah. what it means to be stuck in this world with NPCs that also, like, think, you know, that they're real people. And, like, yeah. it's super interesting, I think. Yeah, I like the, the they went very in-depth in the first few episodes on game mechanics as well, like, explaining how it worked from an MMO perspective, which I really liked. Whereas with Sword Art, they seem to, like... After about the first few episodes, they forgot it was a game and just did whatever the fuck they wanted within, like, no rule set whatsoever, other than, oh, if you die, you die, and that's it. I did think that the first episode of Log Horizon was awful, though. 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those just like first episode of every anime is bad. Stuck in a game. Oh my gosh, go on adventures. This is anime (laughs) in a nutshell. Like every anime episode, like every series starts this way. They just throw you right in, and then season uh, episode two is where they start doing exposition, explaining the fucking characters. Like I have no idea who any of these people are for the first half an hour of the show. Attack on Titan had a great first episode. I will give that. Fair. I will give that credit. That explained the the world quite nicely. I will. I'll yeah. give it that. Uh, obviously, great. Attack on Titan is great, which you can watch on our sponsor Crunchyroll at crunchyroll.com. Total Biscuit is where you want to go. Crunchyroll.com slash Total Biscuit. That's our sponsor for this show. People wondering about Squarespace. Yeah, they're sponsoring us for the rest of the year, but they sponsor any specific episode. So today's episode is sponsored by Crunchyroll. Simple as that. Because we like money and occasionally anime. And anime. Yeah. Occasionally. Anime! Occasionally. Always. Don't watch, don't watch Persona Always 4 Golden. Anime. It's terrible. It's Always really bad. Anime. Don't do it. It's not worth it. You might think it's worth it. He's like, oh, it would be really nice to have a real a retelling of the story. No, 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 no. Just play the game. No, just play the game. No, don't. don't Ni- neither no. of the anime. Do, no, do not well. no anime. Our guest today does like anime, but is intimidated by Persona 4 Golden. I don't blame him. His name is Kokanich. He is a streamer on Twitch. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, why don't you break down what it is you do for the folks out there that do not watch your... Sure. Uh, I am a daily streamer, so I stream every single day, uh, generally at 8 a.m. EST. Uh, I've been doing that now. I'm on day 491 of every Whoa. single day. Going for what? a two-year challenge. Uh, yeah. Or, well, I mean, you've never, you haven't taken a break in two years. That's correct. Uh, the only Christ. times I haven't started at 8 a.m. have been if I'm traveling, like if I'm doing, uh, you know, like PAXs or something. I actually have a mobile setup with an exterior external monitor that I bring with me, uh, or a mobile external monitor. And uh, I'll stream from the show floor. I recently got sponsored by Intel, so I stream from their booth too and stuff. But uh, yeah, yeah, every single day it's been quite a ride. Been building quite a phenomenal community. Got a fleet of amazing mods helping me out, and it's been pretty fun. Always nice to have a bunch of people that can ban. That's always good for any stream. We need lots and lots of that. Maintain order is 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 more. What they maintain do. They order. That, th- they don't just ban. Okay. They maintain, maintain order. order. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see. How well, it is. Uh, to be fair, Dodger's absolutely right. I mean, on my channel, we have a lot of rules uh, that a lot of channels generally don't. Like, I don't cuss on camera. Uh, no f bombs, homophobic, racial slurs at all in the channel. We will swear uh, on this show. Uh, I'm just warning yeah. you of that. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck that's Persona okay, Four Golden okay. Anime. Continue. <laughs> no, like I like I tell people though, I I don't cuss on on air. You know, so it's, you know, I treat it as my job. I try to be professional about it, but it certainly doesn't mean if I'm in other channels or on other podcasts, I may not cuss event, you know, every so often. So I try to warn my fans that so they don't have the inevitable, oh my God, Co said something every time I drop an F bomb. So ban everybody, ban everybody. It's fun. It's fun. Why have power if you can't abuse it? <laughs> that's, my little, that's my little theme song. Jesse, welcome to the show. Hello, how is everyone doing? Not bad, are you dead? Like, you haven't said anything for ten minutes, what the hell's going on? Oh, no, I am- I've become obsessive. I- Okay. So, in a recent Dragon Age video, uh, after being told I was going far too- Ha 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 ha. No, after being told I was skipping over too much, I'm sorry, usually- Oh, really? You were skipping too much, wow. The opposite problem that you thought, Episode 37, just entered Crestwood, and people are like, you're going too fast. You're missing important things. You didn't do all the dialogue options. I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> I just spent three episodes in Skyhold. In Skyhold. <laughs> and it's like doing nothing. And so, and so literally the comments were like, 
you missed, you wrecked a, a, a thing with Liliana because apparently later in the game she makes a choice. And it's based off, a converse, off of conversations you have with her earlier. And that, that determines the ending. And because I didn't have the right conversation in the right way, it's not going to have the, the good ending. And I'm like, how would I ever know that? Like, how <laughs> would I ever have known that unless I had, like, a guide while playing this? And it's like, you suck. What? So <laughs> I've just been looking up what this ending is because I need to know. And literally, here's – there are three choice options. One's in Haven, one's in Skyhold, and one's a little bit later. If you don't do, like, the super nicest things, if you just assume Liliana is, like, can handle her own shit and, and can sort of do her thing. She's the spy master for the Inquisition, after all. If you can assume that she will be able to handle stuff and you let her go, later in the end of the game, she becomes a cold-hearted bitch and, like, goes nuts. Or you constantly are like, you're wonderful. I love you. You're so nice. No matter what you do, I think you're great. Maybe we should be nice to each other. At the end, she's like, I have found peace. And literally, <laughs> that is so patronizing. Right? <laughs> it, I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter to me if the choices seem more obvious. But the three choice points that they that they say on this uh, this game FAQs article is literally like so simple to miss that it's in it's like such tiny things can later have such big impact that like that's I know that's like badass and cool in a video game but usually that's not the case in real life usually it's the major major things that mess with people what not Bioware like, man that's Bioware games for years right. Drives me crazy, and so now like this one dude, I just can't, I can't read the comments anymore because now the rest no. of the game's gonna be like, but you it, missed X conversation. Here's the thing, though, you didn't point. miss anything. Like this is the thing, no. you didn't miss anything. You made a choice through through indecision, and that choice is now part of your game. That's the whole point. That, if you obsess over cho not doing the right choices, you might as well not be playing the game. You're reading a fucking wiki at that point. Yeah, it, it's it drove me crazy because the first time you talk to her. She's determining whether to uh, kill someone, right? She's like, there's someone in my ranks has been a bad, bad girl. I need to find her. And my, my opinion, it gave you all these options. And I wasn't going to be like, yeah, don't go find this person. I was like, look, do what you think is best. Like that was, my and then later on, a bunch of people die and she's really sad. I'm like, look, you did, you made the best choice that you could make. I'm being a leader. I'm being a leader yep. trying to be like, you did the best thing you could do. And they're like, you shouldn't have done that shit. You should have been like, it's okay. <laughs> let me give you a hug. Now we're all friends. Like what? Why would I ever? I, uh, there's uh, no such internet. thing Why as a wrong. Happy? There's no Why such thing as a wrong happy? choice in that game. That's the point of choices. You don't have a wrong one. Like you want to see the same thing that everyone else fucking did. Why the hell are you watching the Let's Play then? What the hell's wrong with you? The whole point is it's Jesse's playthrough. He made those decisions, and that's the story now. That's now the canon. That's the video games. What the hell's wrong with you? If anyone ever says I go too fast in video games, you've lost your fucking. Like, yeah, I think you've lost your mind. It's like uh, lost, twenty episodes later, he's mind. still picking elf fruit. Why won't oh he stop? I we can't just stop. don't know. I can't stop. I send people on missions to go pick elf fruit for me now because that's where I'm at in the game, where I just can't. Like I have to keep moving on, or else I will just be picking elf fruit because you need it for shit. Look, you do. they made sure. the game this way. I didn't make it this way. Oh, yeah. They made the game this way. Absolutely. No doubt. But yeah, I, I did mean, my main page playthrough on DAI with over 300 elf fruit. Yeah. Yep, as, as it is. I you mean, back, it? Backseat gaming on any game with choices can get pretty annoying. Yes. Hmm. Uh, well, I, I think everyone has their own story of what they think should be the world 
that they create and stuff yeah, like that. And keep and, it to your fucking self. Frankly. Yeah, the problem is, is that I don't have a you know, like I'm not playing with the guide, so I don't know how to make you know, like the best story, I'm making my story. Yeah. And whatever that turns out to be, hopefully it's good. Hopefully it ends well. But based off the decisions I made in previous games, like people were mad that in my world Logan's dead. And I was like, I wasn't gonna let that asshole live in Dragon Age Origins. Yeah, he's dead you. in mine exactly as well. What I did. <laughs> that guy was a dick. They're like, oh, that guy. man, if you if you would have let him live, he would have been the warden that showed up later in the game. I don't care. That guy was a dick. <laughs> yeah, he's I'm dead. Glad he's dead. If so. you don't do it optimally, it's like there is no such thing as optimally, asshole. Yeah. It's a story. That's the point. You make some choices. It changes depending on those choices. There's no wrong answer. And I think, like, if you treat games like that as having a wrong answer, you're losing the vast majority of the fun that's to be had in them. Because otherwise, yeah. outside of that, what the hell is Dragon Age? A miserable pile of secrets. Also, a single-player MMO. Is a single-player MMO that involves farming elf fruit and killing stuff in a fairly mundane combat system that's been dumbed down significantly from the original. That is what Dragon Age Inquisition is. If you take the choices out of it, it's a shit video game. So make some choices and have a goddamn spine to stick with them. My favorite part is the uh, villain is the former villain of a DLC. I think that might be the best part of the entire game. In Dragon Age 2, a DLC villain is the main bad guy in Dragon Age 3. I think that is maybe my favorite part of the game. Mm -hmm. Like You I wouldn't know this though, guy if you didn't spend $10 three years yeah. ago. <laughs> it is good, though. With, with DAI, at least, I don't know. For me personally, like just the story and characters alone was enough to at least convey it to that point. The bad combat system. The like I had a 110-hour playthrough. I loved every hour of it. To have 110 hours out of a 60 hour product, I am like I was recommending yeah. it left and right. I thought it was great, but I'm I do I, I totally see where you guys are coming from. Yeah, I got bored I, about 50 hours in, and it's, just yeah, was it? It's not perfect, but it's definitely like I'm entertained by it. I think there's a lot of stuff that in the game you're like, oh my god, but it still is keeping me entertained. And I think that's I mean, it's a lot more than say Far Cry 4, where I'm just at the point where like I just want to beat it because there's so much wrong with the technical aspects of the game that I just want to get through it just so I can be like, I beat it. I'm done. Because holy crap. Like, it is an unrecordable game. And I'm not saying there's a conspiracy involved, but the fact that Shadowplay works so well with it and it's designed to be with NVIDIA products, <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just all, every other recording software I have does not work with that, that game. That still buggy as shit with SLI. It still has the flickering texture yeah. problem. Like, it's been like oh, that for months. It's not been it has It has screen... Um, like burn in or some shit. So if you have SLI with SMAA on, it'll have like two screens active at the same time. Yeah. And that's once an a SLI solid problem. image, it's insane. Like there's so many things wrong with it that it's just like, I can't, how do you get it so wrong so often, Ubisoft? It's mind boggling. Did you just say Ubisoft? The Ubes? Yeah, that's not Ubisoft. It's in the EA game. Far Cry? Oh, sorry, I thought you were talking about Dragon Age for a second. Oh, that's like a Far Cry. All right, okay, yeah. Far Cry has no. issues as well, yes. No, I definitely was talking about Far Cry 4. No, uh, um, in Dragon Age, the only issue that I have is the screen. I, I, everything else looks great. Screen flicker is a problem, and that's SLI. Yeah. And it, I, I think because... Unity's so completely broken as a result of yeah. that. You'd have an epileptic fit if you went into Unity right now with SLI on it. It's still not being fixed. It's an absolute joke. Yeah, SLI, I think it's, it's interesting that... Uh, 
the difference between one and two graphics cards. Like, two graphics cards makes things look beautiful, but it's such a hassle to use at this point. I'm like, I don't. It's just the I'm latest like, releases over the past six months have almost all had SLI problems. I don't know yeah. why it is. I think they've had crossfire issues as well. But it's like, it's really annoying because it's holding a lot of people back, really. You know, because you can buy multiple graphics cards to just uh, brute force pretty much anything. But if the SLI doesn't pay attention, it doesn't actually work properly, then it's a waste of your time and money and it ends up being an inferior experience. So you're reliant really on whether or not your current card is good enough to run it on its own, which sometimes it is. And then sometimes it's terribly optimized. But I mean, the whole SLI not being worth a hassle thing is a complete fallacy because you can click one button and turn it off. So a lot right. of people make that argument, but it's like really the only reason not to have SLI is because of money. That's really the only reason not to have it because you can turn if it off with one click. you can afford it, you should get it. Yeah. Yes, yeah. absolutely. There's literally no downside. Uh, you can turn it off with one click. So and I don't it makes. Oh, guys, like, if you don't have it, just try it once, and you will never go back. It's like well, one of those things, not. like, once you have it, you can't, because it makes everything infinitely it's better. It's better. It's faster. Yeah. It's You can run higher resolution at higher frame rate. It's really that simple. Yeah. Mm. But, I mean, there's been a lot of issues lately with the SLI and, like, the 970 as well, the way that they miscommunicated that. Well, it's, you could either say they lied about it or they miscommunicated it. They said, hey, this has got 4 gigs of VRAM. It's like, well, it technically does, but it's got 3.5 and then 5. And they're separate, and if you go up to the full, uh, sorry, yeah, 3.5 and then 0.5. So if you go up to the full 4 uh, gigs of VRAM, shit slows down, because they're not in sync properly. So some people have had their problems with the 970, but outside of that, like, the 970 is actually a really good card. Uh, there's been a lot of blowing up about that, because Nvidia didn't communicate that properly, and I agree, you know, they should have. But simultaneously, it's still a good card in and of its own right, and it's good value. Yeah. And I will, I will say, having used Shadowplay as much as I have the last four to eight hours, it's not bad. It's not bad. A lot of, a lot of people are saying they have some issues. I have yet to have an issue with it. I might get one down the line, but it has been like the saving grace. The only reason why, you, like, mm. videos are on my channel at this moment because, like, I, don't, I don't know what the new driver updates or game updates have done, but Dextory, Fraps. Do not work anymore with anything I record. I can't That's weird. get them to work. I, I had no problem what? with. Uh, I mean, I I ended up recording uh, uh, the initial Far Cry with uh, Shadowplay because it was just a lot faster and it had a lot less performance impact, and that game wasn't running very well to begin with. Then when they patched it, I had no problem. I've been using Fraps for most things because Fraps has actually been performing better than DX Tory on most stuff lately. I don't know why that is. It's a complete reversal of what it used to be. But I can record 60 FPS in Fraps, no problem. If I do it with DX Tory, I... it's all over the fucking place. Well, what's up yeah, no, it? for some reason, mine is, like, every time Dextory and Fraps, I turn them on, it'll be fine, and then immediate crazy frame drop, then pop back up. And mm -hmm. so the videos, I can start, I'll start running, and then I'll just freeze, and then I'll just, and I don't, it's yeah. like a brand new problem. And I'm yeah. like, well, this is fantastic. Yeah. Shadowplay um, has some issues, like, it's it's less quality than, say, recording with something like Fraps or Dextory, but right. if you want to, like, it's a free recording program at the end of the day. If you have an NVIDIA card, you can do it with barely any performance impact, so you should use it. Just crank it up right. to as high as it'll go. I just want it to go higher than it does. Like, it does... I think it's like 130 right now. Yeah, it won't do that. It'll only do that at 4K. That's the problem. Like, you can only get 50... What? Yeah, if you set to 130, it'll only do it if you go to 4K resolution. If you if you record really? at 1080p, it records at 50 megabits per second, which, in my opinion, is not enough. You, you'll you get sure about like, that? yeah, I'm absolutely certain. I I did a lot of testing. On I this. got I gotta look into this. Yeah, it'll it will. If you look, go and look at the size of your recent recordings. That's what I, that's what I'm doing right now. Go, and then the bit rate will be 50 megabits. I can guarantee it. It won't be 130. If it was 130, it would be great, but it's not. 
Anyway, this is probably boring for a great deal of people. It is. So it, is it is. Let's She's talk right. about video capture for 10 minutes. Dodger just falling asleep. So let's talk about the games we've been playing this week. Why don't we start with our guest, Mr. Co Carnage? What have you been playing this week? What's been going on? Uh, sure. I've been playing a lot of H1Z1. Uh, they've been making some fantastic changes to that recently, uh, primarily in the graphics department, not a lot okay. in the actual uh, game itself, mm -hmm. but uh, that and bug fixing, all that stuff, which has been, I mean, impressive alone with all the Daybreak stuff that recently came out. That's yes, they still lost a bunch of staff, which is not great. Yes. They got, very they got bought by an investment company and then half their staff got fired, which is shitty. And the worst part is, I mean, some of them are some pretty key players. I mean, Dave Jorgensen was one of the faces of multiple projects, and he's just gone, um, including Brass. She was a, a staple for the original EverQuest community, which is still going. A lot of people don't know. The, the original EverQuest game is still getting updates. Still, yep. Well, it was. Hopefully it will continue to. But, um, yeah, that was, it was a huge, a huge shakeup, and uh, hopefully it won't affect the projects too much. I have a feeling it will to some degree, but, I mean, H1Z1 right now is successful for them. So the hope is that it continues to be successful for them. Because otherwise, they're, they're working on EverQuest Next, which is nowhere near ready yet. Landmark, which is nowhere near ready yet. They've got to do well somewhere. Otherwise, they're not necessarily going to keep making money. I mean, I know PlanetSide is uh, okay. They may get sold to an investment. F oh. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, well. Never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's going to uh, repair itself. But yeah, actually, it's kind of interesting because a lot of people with the Landmark uh, stuff that's been going kind of in the background, Landmark is actually a, a pretty fundamental component of Next because a lot of the, the stuff that's being made in Landmark is going to Next. Yep. So now with both teams kind of, you know, thinning out a little bit, um, it's yeah raising a lot of questions that Can haven't I'm... really been answered yet. Yeah, no, I have a question I want to ask you guys. I, I think I personally, and I just want to figure out where you're at, after playing Landmark... And after seeing the troubles that are going into to, you know, SOE and Next and stuff like that, do you think we'll ever actually see EverQuest Next? I feel oh, like... Don't say that. I feel like it's so... The, the ideas they had in that game... Look, we're either going to not get it or we're going to see it and it'll be garbage. Like, I... Unless they no, get their shit together... don't say that. Unless they get their shit together, I keep feeling like every time I see it, it doesn't necessarily seem any further along than the last time I saw it. And it's kind of like, it's been a long time, guys, and I don't know what you are hoping to achieve here, but I'm worried. Like, everyone has this hope that Next is going to be fantastic. I don't know that we'll even ever see it. I just want to know what you guys thought. Well, you, you bring up a really interesting question, and, I, and I'll be honest with you. With EverQuest Next, I'm a huge EverQuest fanboy, to put it bluntly. I spent more time in Norath than I did the real world in my teenage years. Literally, I would spend more time logged into EverQuest 1 than I would at school. And it was all I did for years of my life. I absolutely loved it. It shaped me who I am as a person. And because of that, EverQuest in general will always hold a very important place in my life. But the thing that was very distressing to me is when I heard EverQuest Next was going to use EverQuest Landmark's graphic style, I mean, let's face it, it's, it looks like a Disney cartoon. I mean, it looks like Aladdin is going to burst through with Jasmine any second and start singing a whole new world. Like, it's not, okay, it's okay by no that. means what is made, <laughs> well, true. I mean, I would too, to be fair. <laughs> uh, it, it wasn't, it wasn't, you know, it It was clear that they were generalizing their graphic style to attempt to appear to a broader audience. They were, mm -hmm. to put it bluntly, they were wowifying EverQuest. They wanted to bring in more people by breaking out of that more rigid, realistic look, which works for a lot of games, but... I guess they decided in for that. So when I kind of heard the the news, you know, about all Daybreak and, you know, now EverQuest Next is looking a little, I'm, a little part of me is okay with that. 
because I kind of hope that they take EverQuest Next back to the drawing board. I mean, just the name alone, EverQuest Next, to put it bluntly, is a little awkward to me. It's not, it, it's that, it, it, it doesn't really put a foundation in a timeline of games. EverQuest Next is going to be the previous game someday, and that's just awkward. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't line up well. So I, a little part of me, even though, again, I, I know a lot of the people that work on EQ Next, I want the project to succeed if they go forward with it, but a little part of me hopes they kind of redrawing board it to really make it something that the old turn fans will be proud of and really want to get invested in. Everyone I've talked to from old EQ1 has at least some issue with the graphic style. Well, almost everyone. Some people like it, but most people I talk to just don't like the direction that is heading. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I definitely played EverQuest way more than I played World of Warcraft. Me and my cousins, we were all super into it. And they had the exact same reaction where they were like, I mean, we're excited for EverQuest next. It's just, you know, it it looks much more like WoW, which, you know, makes everybody worry. Like, what else are they going to do to try and, and pull it toward that neutral WoW point rather than just letting it be EverQuest? <clears throat> I just like I, I just don't know. All, every time I read an article about the the production of EverQuest Next, it's always something X horrible thing has happened. Will it affect EverQuest Next? And it's like, yeah, no. I imagine we might. It's it's been such a long time, and I'll be real honest. Landmark is on no one's radar right now. Like mm-hmm. so few people give any shits about that. That I'm worried that there's no hype for Landmark. Came out too early. Like they put the alpha out so fucking early that it had yeah. nothing in it. Nothing. But even I mean, even then, the videos of landmark stuff didn't do amazing. Yeah. It was a little it was you know, it was like, like, expected were... to be the next Minecraft, like to be a thing that people could really milk for, for video views and nobody watches landmark content. Nobody. Nobody really cared to watch it. And I don't know I don't know what it is about the creative experience in Landmark that isn't as interesting as the creative experience in other games, but it's just not, it's not something that's fun to watch. So it's limited. I mean, a big thing with Landmark is they, they limit your world to what are called plots. So you always have these X by X dimension stuff. It's not like a Minecraft where it's a giant creativity engine. It's a, you have your tiny little sandbox. Now here are your toys. Go play in your little sandbox, which, you know, and some people have phenomenal builds and that's fun to watch. But I mean, I, you, I think Jesse kind of nailed it with the hype thing. And, you know, it's really unfortunate because EverQuest Next as a whole is bringing some ex- of amazing new features to the whole uh, MMO. Supposedly. Like, well, well suppose, I mean, on paper, I should say <laughs> this, I should be careful. Yeah. This. On paper, the emergent AI the intelligent city building where you build these cities that are static and if they're good enough, NPCs will choose to move in and make quests and open up shop. That's incredible. Right. The emergent AI where you know NPCs move around the, around the landscape and based on player heat maps and where they are, determine where to set up camps and how to inter- interact with the players. Maybe they'll be friendly. Maybe there's so many people they want to rob them. Maybe they did, you know, like there's so many things that the MMO genre needs to put it bluntly because there hasn't been a good MMO for years. No. I mean, just to be perfectly blunt about it, there hasn't been a Shadowbane or a DOC or Anarchy Online. None of these games that are trying something really new to bring it in. It's just all copies of copies of copies. So if nothing else, I hope EverQuest Next just gets out to get some of these features to light to raise the bar of the genre as a whole. Because once that kind of stuff gets released, other companies are going to be, frankly, in the dust, just like they were with WoW, when every MMO all of a sudden, hey, maybe we need a mini-map. Maybe we need an intuitive quest system. Maybe we need you know all this stuff that is now standard in MMOs. Someone has to right. do that first. So I'm hoping a lot of these pillars in EQ Next 
you know, force other companies to look at it, but we'll see. That's fair. Are you satisfied with that answer, Jesse? No, it's a good conversation. <laughs> I just, you know, I, <clears throat> I just don't think we'll ever see that. The on-paper stuff, I don't think we'll ever see. It sounds fantastic, but it sounds like you need a lot of money and a lot of good talent to make it happen, and they keep hemorrhaging both. So I don't know that we'll ever see that. It's a really good point. <laughs> yep. We will see. They still have it's, it's very difficult. You know, ultimately, what they're proposing is an extremely difficult thing to pull off. Can they do it? Maybe. Do they have the experience? Probably. Uh, if they're going to lose half their staff, maybe not. But, you know, I hope that they pull it off. I mean, I don't think anyone's rooting against them. I certainly hope not. You know, we certainly need this genre to advance. As you said, we're back to WoW again. You know, WoW is stable at 10 million subs. It's not going anywhere. It's WoW yeah. and EVE. They're the two big players in town. And that's about it. And frankly, I don't want to play either of them. So, ugh. The people that love Guild Wars are still super into Guild Wars as well. But that's not really on anybody's radar, I don't think. And I will say, oh, at, at, PAX, at PAX South, Guild Wars was the biggest, like... That thing got the biggest feedback from everyone. Everyone was super excited about that. So at least there's a hype between. Between. At least there's some hype between it. No, like, like people are excited for what's new with Guild Wars. I think because it, it, you know, it even though it didn't deliver everything it promised, it still delivers content constantly, which I think mm -hmm. is is uh, you know something that can be aspired to by other. Well, it delivered so. most of what it promised. I think some people blew it way out of fucking proportion. And said that it was we going to be way more than it actually was. This podcast did not. We called no. it out. Uh, to be fair, we are super cynical bitches, though. Yes. <laughs> we do hate everything True. at this point. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's fine. Guild Wars Two is a fine game if that's what you're up for. You know, it just it doesn't do anything more than what it said it would do on the tin. A lot of people said, oh, this is going to be amazing. Everything's going to be dynamic. Everything's going to be completely player-created and driven and AI's going to be... No, they never actually promised any of those things. You know, they promised chains that would pull back and forth, a kind of tug-of-war set of questing, which they implemented, and it was fine. So, I mean, it's a good game. It, mm -hmm. It's just... It's a, still an MMO, though, ultimately, and you're going to be limited by that. What happened with Wildstar? Do people still play that game? People didn't give a fuck. As it turns out, listening to people that say we want an old school WoW experience back again is a bad idea because there weren't that many of them that did. Uh, it was that game still running into issues of people not finishing the the top level content. Apparently, mm -hmm. what were the stats on it? It was uh, well, there were so many people who were and no one's playing it though. Yeah, that doesn't help. Yeah. They were there was like uh, we always. I think we always need to give credit to Blizzard on this one because. Wildstar came out, and I remember vividly many, many people, a lot of my friends, jumping to that game immediately. Like, oh, it's new, it's fresh, it's cool, it's like old, wow, it feels so good. And then they're like, we present you Warlords of Draenor. And they're like, hey, dude, I'm playing WoW again, are you in WoW right now? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm looking Blizzard. at the stats for uh, the, the Datascape is apparently their, their, their big hmm. raid at the moment. Only two guilds have beaten it. Uh, that's Jesus. Entity and Jabbit. What? And, oh, sorry, not that as a servers. Enigma and Codex are the two uh, guilds that have beaten it. Outside of that, like, oh, and then only two more guilds have beaten it eight out of nine, and then it drops to three out of nine. Like, in the top wow. ten, you have people that have only beaten one boss. 
So well, like uh, part of that's a pretty that, fucking hardcore game. I know that even um, the like everything that you have to go through to be eligible for raids is like most people don't even finish it, and it's like. It's like a multi-week process. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they they it's, wanted to make it, you know, they wanted to add progression. In my, They wanted to make it so there was always something for people to do at the high end, and they just went too far with it. It's too much fetch this, grab this, kill this. Like, there's no, it's just more and more and more instead it's a, of interesting. Did they go, the, they went the uh, Burning Crusade route, didn't they, with attunements and things like that? That you yes. have to do in order to go, the, uh, which, yes. mm, I yeah, I don't think anyone wants attunements anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I yeah, because even even people who really loved Wildstar were like, oh, yeah, I still haven't even finished that. Because it's just like too. It's like. It's. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm trying to remember if I liked achievements back in the day. I'm pretty sure I didn't. I'm pretty sure I said, look, just let people play the content. If they can't beat it, they can't beat it. Yeah. But don't make them jump get. through. Jumping well, through a bunch of attunement hoops is ridiculous. Apparently, it's even more complex than Burning Crusade. Like the attunement system is just ridiculous. Well, I guess, like, the only way that it makes sense to me, because obviously I'm, I totally agree with you, like, if somebody's going to go in there and not be prepared, then that's, like, their fault, right? But you are with a group, and if you're, if you just jump into a raid and you don't really know your role or how to, like, help the raid, then that can also be problematic, and that's, you know, punishing other people. Yeah. So I, mean, I kind of, I kind of though, get right? it, but do, do they not have, like, a... I'm just a dude on my own. I want to join Pick a raid. Do, do they have a, yeah. a pug? I don't know if the raids are puggable in Wildstar. I'm looking at so. these stats. I don't fucking think so. Like, yeah, I was going to say with those stats, there's no way. <laughs> these, are br these are brutal. These are really brutal. And that was the Datascape 20 man, which is apparently a recent edition. The, the, the Datascape 40 man has only one guild that's beaten all nine bosses. That's Enigma. Everyone else is eight or less. Uh, the top 10 guild, Utopia, has only beaten five. So, but just out of curiosity, do those stats have the percentage that have failed? So does uh, it say like how many have attempted or how many have failed or uh, win like rate? total number of guilds that have even put one boss down? I imagine. Uh, let's see. Let's see the date well, I mean, escape I mean, 40 like, man. If everyone's put down one boss, Holy what's the total attempts on the my second life. boss? Oh, there are only 23 guilds that have killed a boss in the date escape 40. Only 23. What? And that's across. Well, those, they, see, they had to have six. uploaded stats, right? Like they had to have uploaded them. There might be people who haven't, right? Maybe. Well, they're not going to be listed on this ranking site. Why would you be listed on a right. ranking site if you haven't beaten anything? Well, I mean, like there might be some people who just didn't upload to a ranking site, right? That's unlikely. I think if you're running, and I, I think they're probably pulling this data from the API. They're not. This is. If it's anything like, because the way that they did it in WoW was they'd pull data from the API. If they saw someone in a guild with a piece of gear from a boss, they would basically make the assumption that that guild had beaten the boss. And that was the way they used to do the tracking. Right. I, I assume they have a similar system here. But yeah, I mean, that's kind of brutal, isn't it? Very low. <laughs> I, I just don't understand why you would make it harder to play your game. <laughs> like well, if, they, if they did say, we're going to give you an old school WoW experience, but make it updated like new... I mean, if you remember Vanilla WoW, Vanilla WoW was like, all right, we got to do a Nixia stuff and we have to do yeah. Nax stuff. Like all of that, all the process of getting into those raids was infuriatingly long. And you had to go through so many hoops to get there. But when you did, you had like this, like, yeah, this is great. I think we look back on it nostalgically. I think TV's probably right. It's probably an awful experience at the time. But it because, because it formed some sort of like band of brothers shit where it's like, 
only us here on this day will truly be able to say that we like that was exactly right? what it was that really was yeah. like when you deal with raiding of that level that's that hard you get that sense of camaraderie which is irreplaceable and i think that wildstar was relying on people wanting that again and unfortunately i just don't think they do and frankly wow has now offered like four tiers of raiding i think so there's an even harder tier than heroic now so if you want to do the hard shit, you can do the hard shit. Mm -hmm. And honestly, well, it's most most guilds jump into mythic rating and ignore normal. Like normal rating is now reserved for people who are just like, yeah, those are like the the awful people. We'll let them. And they're like, we're going to mythic. Let's do it. And that's what that's where guilds are at right now, which I think is kind of like they bump the difficulty, and the guilds are like, sure, all right, we'll do that. They've got enough tiers to kind of cater to everybody now, where I don't yeah. really care about the pug thing. You know, I used to like. I used to be uh, find that objectionable, but now it's like, oh, you've got that many tiers. Well, I guess that's fine then. You know, yeah, that's okay. Like you, you've you seem like you've managed to cater to most people. So okay, sure, why not? But then again, I've just got older and I can't be fucked anymore. You know, like it's I, I could I not think, dedicate the time. I think it's cool, at least for me, that the the normal like puggy mode of of, of going in looking for raid. It's like for me and UTB where it's like, I just don't have the time, but I can go in, experience the raid in literally under an hour and get everything I need to. Like if I want to see the story or the boss fights or whatever, get enough out of it and be like, well, that was fun. And then be done with it. Like it exists in that weird. I'm like, I beat it. Great. Yeah. Well, I'll show up for the you next raid. You don't even get epics in the lowest tier, apparently. So I'm told. Yeah. You get, you get like uh, pretty shit. janky gear. But at that point, it's like, I don't really, I'm not really in it for the gear at this point. I don't really yeah. particularly care. I just want to see what this is about and experience it and you're like all right that was cool and you can move on with your life yeah. i think it's pretty i think it's pretty nice well i mean that that has a flip side though that that comes back to the whole like you know why are the raids so hard in wildstar when they're you know people don't seem to be flocking to it to try them it's a big question of investment you know being being invest in an mmo and really caring about the outcome of it is something that I think why it's, it's the same reason why a lot of people remember their first MMO so fondly and everything after it just seems like recycled trash. Like it's that kind of thing where it doesn't it, it's not an if you build it, they will come situation like a lot of things in life where with Wildstar, you know, they said, OK, we're going to completely develop this end game. It's going to be awesome. You're a high end raider in WoW. Perfect. You're going to love it here. We've got all the high end rating, all the progression. It's crazy. You're going to love it. But no one got invested in the game. So yeah. it's like if you would have taken that system and popped it on top of WoW where you have 14 years of development, you have all these people that really cared about it, you know, think about how different those numbers would be in, oh, in yeah. that in Absolutely. That There'd be hundreds, thousands of guilds that would be on that board, not 13, you know? Yeah. Exactly. I would, exactly. I would love to know... I'd love to know what people remember of the story of Wildstar. Like, I don't... Like, the worlds they created... I... I played for maybe like four days and was so uninvested that I was like, usually I read everything that comes out with like text and stuff. And the, I was just skipping scenes just so I could get back to playing because I was like, I want to see what Endgame's like. And I just didn't care by the time I got there. I was like, mm -hmm. this is uh, whatever. And I think that's a, like people forget an MMORPG is still an RPG and you need to have more than just the community to keep it going. And it's a balance. And so you have games that are unbalanced like Star Wars, which was a great RPG, a crappy MMO. And you have games that are great MMOs, but crappy RPGs. And you have to have a perfect balance. And, I, I mean, it took 14 years, and Blizzard still doesn't have it right. But no. because there's so much there, 
people are like the backstory and everything. If you get invested, you're invested. They have a community. Yeah. They have the the, yeah. the lore. You've they have to, it all. You've got to reinvent at this point. Right? Wow is yeah. never going to be beaten. It's never going to be. No, no chance. Like they're going to have to make something completely different. And going back to old school WoW, as Wildstar was evidently a colossal failure, as we've seen. People did not care anywhere near as much about the old school rating as they claimed to. And frankly, they may have gone elsewhere to get those experiences. Hell, I mean, you can go and evolve and have a boss fight, you know? Yeah. You want to do that? Yeah. It's all a little bit... Yeah, uh, there are all sorts of, like, raid simulator games. Yeah, I mean, there's mods. (laughs) Like, for StarCraft 2, there's, like, big bad bosses and things like that. You know, just a whole bunch of mods that allow you to do the raid kind of stuff and not have to worry about any of the gear progression grind. And, hell, as we said, there's games... uh, There's, like, that new Sword Coast game coming out, the uh, new Dungeons & Dragons game that apparently has kind of, like, a Dungeon Master mode in it. There's obviously things like Fable Heroes. There's the asymmetry going on with a lot of these games that is kind of tapping in, I think, to that desire and yet it's doing it without any of the other baggage that something like world of warcraft had along with it so Mm -hmm. it's people don't go from wow to other mmos they go from wow to different genres because there's no mmo really within the genre that people care about so i think you know it's time for change time for a big reinvention you know that 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 experience of exploration and uh, wonderlust has to come back and the way they're going to do that is hopefully with something like eq next but who knows maybe it won't should we talk about evolve Sure. Sure. We've all, we've all kind of played that, haven't we? Yep. Well, Dodger probably hasn't. Have you played it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got some time in? Cool. What mm-hmm. do you reckon? Like, there's mixed feelings on that. I'll let you handle uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I still enjoy it. I don't en- I don't enjoy it as much as Left 4 Dead. Okay. I have to say. Do and you I know don't why? I'm not sure. I've been trying to figure out what it is that well, obviously, the versus mode in Left 4 Dead is like yes. amazing. Uh-huh. In compa- like versus mode, if if Left 4 Dead was just the versus mode in Left 4 Dead, I would like hands down love it way more. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I guess because you're given a direction in Left 4 Dead, right? We were talking about we were talking about this earlier. How um, in Left 4 Dead you have a starting point, you have goals, you have to meet your goals. And then you have to get to an end zone, right? Whereas in Evolve, you have a map and you have to play the game, you know, a few times to really have a good grasp on the map so that you can create good strategies and and understand like what you need to do. And you have all of these different options in terms of your class, which is great and makes that whole thing fun. And all of the character designs are really quirky. But like, I don't, I, I, I don't like the lack of direction when I'm not the monster. When I'm when I'm the monster, I I get sort of that feeling of of like, oh, I'm I'm a lone shark, got to got to eat everybody, right? It gives me a bit of a different feeling, but if I'm somebody who's going after the monster, I hate the lack of direction. Yeah. Absolutely. That's like the biggest problem that I got with that game. It's all about consistency because if you have a bad monster and you end up catching it on level one and just kill it it's not even a fucking fun game at that point like the monster's got to provide a chase but simultaneously not too much of one because if he's really good you're not gonna find him for 10 fucking minutes and it's really boring just running around trying to follow tracks and shit that's exactly yeah because you'll be running in one direction and you're like okay i think i think it's this way and then you see you know like birds flutter off in the distance and you're like oh fuck okay well like this way i guess <laughs> you know it's yeah. just like that that part of it isn't exciting at least at least in like i was saying at least in left for dead from the get go you have 
a goal and then a new goal and then a new goal and a new goal. Yes. That's that what keeps Left 4 Dead pace. working. And it works perfectly in either the survival mode, which is just the fight zombies, or the versus mode. And I love the versus mode in the same way that you do, in the sense that it's the survival mode with a bit extra. Because you know, mm -hmm. at certain points of the level, you're going to be attacked by a squad of monsters that are coordinated to try and kill you. And dealing with each of those things as you progress to known goals is strong pacing, right? And Evolve doesn't have pacing. Evolve is literally no pacing whatsoever mm -hmm. it is right reliant entirely on the interaction between the hunters and the monsters which is unreliable so your yeah. games are either amazing boring as shit or just kind of meh you know there's like there's no consistency there at all and some people think that's kind of a strength because the game's very dynamic like that it's really fluid mm -hmm. but simultaneously i don't really i don't really like relying on other people for my fun that can be a bit difficult to, to stomach you know yeah it's it's um oh what was shoot natural selection is that the game where you have a commander yes yes it's great yeah it's a great game yeah that's a fantastic game but it it's again the sort of a thing where whoever's in charge has to like know what's going on and they dictate the, right? flow of the game at that point like if you have a bad yeah. commander your game's ruined it's that simple and in evolve you feel like you want somebody to be the leader and like you know figure out what to do but like that's not determined ahead of time and you have to kind of like test the waters yeah. unless you're playing with friends and it's just you're relying on the trapper of course for landing an arena and if they don't land the arena then that's shitty because then you can't do anything for like a minute yeah i think yeah i think the biggest issue i, I mean there are many issues with evolve i think the fact that the pacing is all out of whack like tb said is is a big issue um <clears throat> i think the fact that each of the four players is if you're playing the hunters is confined to a certain ability set unlike left for dead your characters could be anyone then you filled a role that was needed in that you know game you were playing so if you're being hunted if it's 4v4 or whatever everyone can fill a role if you're playing the normal game everyone can fill a role and you weren't predetermined to be a certain person and this you go in and it's like well you only have this this and this and you might be able to change it up between the three different versions of that character but you have a predetermined set of what you're supposed to be good at. And until you find that out, you're dealing with four people who don't really know what the hell they're doing right away. And it's just a mess. And then the longer you go, then eventually like, well, I'm a very good medic. Well, great. But like, you know, there should be more to that than the game. You're not supposed to have this weird sort of like half MOBA-ish feeling when you play. Like you're, you're, you oh. must be this and this. I just, I, there's As so much I just don't like about it. I don't know. As somebody who really loves TF2... I, I like that sort of TF2 feeling of everybody Everybody has a class, Everyone everybody has, has like specific abilities, they have their role, yeah. It's needed I too. I, I think it's required, because otherwise it, the asymmetry doesn't work. Because you're talking about a monster that is more powerful than any one of these people, you've got to limit their roles in order to force them into a team situation. If they can do mm -hmm. too much, then you end up with balance problems. Well, I, well, I mean... I'll let you do it. No, no, oh, no, well, no, no. Like, I'm, I'm actually in agreement here. Um, I do think, and I, and I do kind of want to point out, like, I feel that Evolve does a really good job with their tutorials. Like, they not only not make it so you yes. can't skip them, but they clearly spend a lot of time. Like, okay, this is your first move. You do this with it. This is your second move. You do this with it. And then at the end, they're saying, this is your role. You need to do this during the round, which I think was great. It also does that for all the monster types. But the thing about Evolve is, you know, I got to say, I've, I've almost 60 hours into myself. I, I feel that it's 
one of the better made games in a while. The sound engineering is phenomenal. The graphics and ambience is incredible. The level design is top notch. The animations are incredible. And it's a lot of fun playing the monster. Like, like TD was saying, when you find those rounds that it is balanced, it's a damn fun yes. game. Those when it's five of you and it's your buddies and you're cycling through the monster and you know that all of you are just having fun and laughing about it. Like I play with my team, the Coalition Stream team. And man, we have a blast when we play all that together. It's just, it's almost like a drinking game. You all have a great time. But at that same time, I have 60 hours in the game. I'm pretty much done. Like it's, 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 it's very much, you know, it takes a basic gameplay loop. It adds little twists and turns. And then that's it. There's no character progression. There's the leveling system, but let's frank it. It just gets it's, you some skins and perks. Really, it's also no, really dull leveling. It's like 2% extra yes. damage. Come yeah, on. It, it's, it, 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 it's, it suffers from Titanfall syndrome, where it looks really cool and polished on the surface, but then you actually dive in and you play, you know, 30 plus hours, and you're kind of like, you know what? This is actually getting kind of repetitive. You know, the, the, the same loop, I've done it 300 times now, and no matter how much little flashy gizmos you give me, it's still going to be that same loop. Yeah. And, and you're don't not giving me that many flashy gizmos either because there really isn't that much to unlock. I mean, uh, That's I, true. I don't know if this happened for people that bought the special editions, but for the guys that got the press copies, they gave us all characters by default. So even yeah, the leveling I got up that too. Yeah, even the leveling up process wasn't there. So all we really have is this progression system, which is like 2% extra damage, 5% more duration. And I, I get why they did that because they didn't want a case where uh, a team of high-level hunters would stomp a monster because they had too many like statistics advantages but simultaneously they also made the leveling almost pointless like just completely dull in pretty much every respect uh, but i mean i think it's a game that i would recommend to put when it goes on sale i would never recommend it at full price i think it's too inconsistent for what it is i don't think it offers enough but honestly if you can get it cheap if you can do the titanfall thing where they offered it for like five bucks at one point <laughs> hell yeah you know, there's going to be a spike in players again. You can get some good few hours in, get a few copies with your friends, play with your friends. It's much more fun that way. Play with mm -hmm. a group. Make sure you're on voiceover IP. It's not a bad game. I think it's got way more hate than it deserves. I, I like that they innovated. The problem is I don't think they knew how to tie it all together. I don't know. How, they didn't know how to complete that gameplay loop. Like, Do you? They had the basic principles nailed completely. down. Yep. But it's like, where's the meat? Where's the rest of it? Where's the beef? You know, you give Do me the starter. I want the entree. Do you think that that, uh, and going back to what we were talking about before with MMOs and how everyone's looking to find the next big thing, do you think that Titanfall and Evolve and stuff, would you classify that as gimmicky or how, I mean, because when I think about it, you can definitely see that their minds are working about like, what's the next big like thing going to be? How are we going to get there? Let's, let's change things. Let's, and you can see that that's what they were going for, but you're right. There's no substance to it. But I feel like because everyone is trying to create the next big nutty craze that everyone will they're jump trying on. trying to create new genres. Yeah. And they're not creating genres. They're creating like little gimmicky things that are look gorgeous and beautiful. God damn it. I love the concept of Titanfall so much. But there was nothing in that game. And I feel like everyone has these great ideas but can't execute them. And I, I'm not sure if it's because it's a gimmicky idea or because – we don't have like the ability it's to about make that. I think it's about limited complexity. Like this is the same thing I said about Evolve. I think Titanfall has the same problem. It's about modes not having enough in them because developers are scared shitless that people will be confused. Think about like, why is Dota or why is League of Legends so enduring? Because really it's a basic gameplay loop. Five heroes either side, level up, get items, kill creeps, blow up base. Very simple concept, but it has so much under the hood that the depth is almost infinite. 
Whereas mm-hmm. with something like Evolve, it's like they're afraid to go too far. Think about like, there's, there's some neat little things about Dota. Like, think about the way that Roshan works, for instance. Think about the way that the ancient creep camps work and the way that you can stack creep camps to get farm. Think about the way the jungle works. Like, if, if the developers of Evolve tried to make Dota right now, they'd take all of that out because it's scary. It's intimidating. It's too much of a learning curve. They're terrified that people will be scared off by complexity. And that's why the maps don't have so many features in them to learn. That's why there isn't, like... A set of uh, stuff in... The, uh, this is what I said about uh, uh, the main Evolve game mode. Uh, when someone dies, I think you should be able to go to a specific place on the map and help bring them back in faster. Like a kind of dropship command post. And I think what that would do is it would create a window of time within the game where the monster has an opportunity to fight you instead of avoiding you. Because he's killed right. one of your dudes and now he knows where you are in an enclosed space... It's a risk-reward. They could add that. That would be an extra element of complexity that would reduce downtime and would increase skill ceiling. But Evolve seems terrified of that, and Titanfall was the same. Like, why are there only, like, two troop types in Titanfall? Why aren't there, like, fucking ten? You know, why are the objectives as simple as they are? Why are there only three Titan classes? Why aren't there ten? Why are there, you know, more? Be Don't be afraid of complexity. I mean, yep. even yeah. TF2 well, it's, it's has so much it, hidden uh, under the hood. It's a slide, though, because it I mean, now for us, for people who are experienced gamers, you know, it, the more complex the game is, I mean, I'll put it bluntly, the better. You know, if, if there's a game that I can really sink into, it comes back to that investment thing. It comes back and being able to, hey, I can spend a lot of time here learning all these different metas. That's one of the reasons I got completely infatuated with this game that recently came out called Darkest Dungeon. It came out of nowhere. And I start playing I start playing this game, and all of a sudden I'm like, holy shit, there's seven classes, and they can all have seven skills. I can only pick four. There's resting skills and equipment and bonuses and my party makeup, so and all good. of a sudden I'm fully invested, and I've lost 60 hours in a game I paid $20 yeah. for. <laughs> awesome. But at the same time... Oh, shit, it's Pancake you know, Day today. That's true. It is but, but Pancake Day. It's Dungeon. Shrove Tuesday. I'm making pancakes tonight. Yeah, proper ones. Okay, continue. Sorry. I was just so excited. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I haven't had it in years. But... <laughs> But, my, but if you look at the rest of Darkest Dungeon, it's all exceptionally simple. The gameplay is a linear walk. You, you, you click to go to one yeah. or th- up to three different directions. It's simple. So, but you take a look at a game like Evolve, the, the customization complexity is just one small working component of this giant machine that is Evolve. So, and Titanfall is the same way. You have the, the Titans and all their animations and the level design and the graphics and the ambience. And the, so it's almost like this little give-take. You know, are, the more complex they make these games, the more money, A, they're going to have to spend on the development teams for the balance. Because let's face it, every single little decision in a game like that is 10 design meetings in itself. And then you add one more and there's another design. You know, it's just, it just com- you know, telescopes out. So it's the kind of thing where where, where is the line between getting the, the product to a broader audience, but really making the niche audience invested. And that's a line that a lot of devs, especially AAA companies, don't want to get anywhere near that niche one. They go, okay, the easier to understand, the better. It's like the more AAA you get, to put it simpler, unless it's designed for overt complexity, the more simplistic it's going to be. And here's the thing. They have no justification for it because two of the biggest games in the world right now are League of Legends and Dota that are ridiculously complex. League of Legends has more players than Call of Duty. It's that fucking popular. 
Dota is doing incredibly well. Smite is doing well. These are all games with tons of fucking complexity, and yet they're running away with it. They're running away. And as I said before, TF2 has way more complexity than initially appears, because they added so many different items into that game that the amount of things mm -hmm. that you have to be prepared to deal with in Team Fortress 2 is huge. And each class has its own set of little tricks that you can do. Even Darkest Dungeon, which appears simple, Here's what Darkest Dungeon isn't afraid of. It's not afraid of fucking you over if you don't know something. Like, you, you? like for instance, all, all of the hidden interactions with different items in that game. Like, you come yep. across an alchemist's table. You don't know that if you were to add medical herbs to that, you would come up with something. Or if you were to add a torch to something. Like, if you use that, most of the time it's going to debuff you. Most games would be terrified of doing that. Because, like, oh, it's an item. That means it's got to be good. No, Darkest Dungeon says, no, it doesn't have to be good. We, you, we can make you learn something. And we can teach you a harsh lesson. And that's part of the fun of the game. And it even comes down to just the way that the mechanics work. And learning each monster. I mean, that's a, that's a very important part of playing Darkest Dungeon well. Manipulating monster order. Making sure that the right monsters are in the right place to minimize their damage and abilities. Like, let's say I don't have a lot, I'm not worrying about stress too much right now. There's monsters that have stress abilities. I want them to be the guys that are attacking, but I would love, you know, that, you see that Arbalester back at the back there, you know, that crossbowman? I want him at the front, because I want him bayonet stabbing, I don't want him shooting me with a quarrel. There's all of that mm -hmm. stuff to learn. Darkest Dungeon appears simple, but it has so much complexity under the hood. Evolve appears complex, and yet it is simple. That's the difference the between opposite. the two. That's exactly that, that's, right. That's AAA yeah. versus indie right there, I think, right now. Indies aren't well, afraid also, to get hard. Yes. I was, I was actually just about to say that. They're not afraid to make it so your decisions are not only ones that impact you, but they impact you both ways. It's something like you, you'll come up to something, you'll look at your party, and it's an item that you can use and potentially give you a big buff, but you have to go, uh, you know, my party, I'm, I'm really hurting on healing. This guy's really stressed. You know, if it's stressed out the party, maybe I don't even want to touch that item. And, you know, having to consider all these different facets is something yeah. a lot of games don't do. Not just picking also, things up brainlessly, you know? Yeah. yeah very Which true. But what? what I did for the first, like, however many hours that I played that game. I call it and Elf then Sam Fruit was like, Syndrome. why are you grabbing literally everything? And I was like, because what if it's heirlooms? And he was like, yeah, but you're debuffing everyone. Fun. Everyone's blighted. Like, what are you doing? And I was you like, but I want the things. Yeah. I mean, there's not, they're not the only games that do that. Like, Dark Souls is totally fine with pulling that shit on you as well. And that's, you know... Totally. I just... I, I want... what is Dark Souls famous for? Just that exact what you just exactly. said. That's what made it so yep. big. Darkest Dungeon. Famous for hurting people. It's yep. kind of interesting to you because you just said a minute ago that, that League of Legends, you know, that complexity doesn't have an audience. I think Dark Souls is that audience. Or not Dark Souls. Uh, Darkest Dungeon. The people that sure. want that kind of complexity, that's why games like Darkest Dungeon There's can do so well. There's fucking tons of audience for that. Like, Dark Souls sells well, Darkest Dungeon sells well, League of Legends is the most played game on the fucking planet, and it's one of the hardest games on the planet. And, you know, I, I can pull the casual shit and say that Dota's harder, which it is, but still, League of Legends, like, relative to other games, is really fucking difficult. And it's one of the most popular games on the planet. Don't tell me complexity doesn't have an audience. It fucking does. It's huge. It's scary. And it's okay to actually cater to them instead of, you know, pulling the whole, well, we've got to make it simple because what if they don't understand something? What if they don't understand something? Who gives a fuck? They can learn or get out. Who cares? They bought your hell, game They don't anyway. even let you save load your games in Darkest Dungeon. It's a one shot. I mean, you hell, not they want to keep you playing games like League of Legends because that's the only way they make money. And they're not, they're not scared of complexity. Jesus. You know, if League of Legends, the game which requires you to keep playing it and hopes that you buy skins like 300 hours in, is not afraid of complexity, then you have no fucking excuse. None. Zero. Time for a break.
<laughs> Listen to this ad from our sponsor, Crunchyroll. Go yeah. and sign up at crunchyroll.com slash Tocklebiscuit. Yeah, Crunchyroll. 30-day free trial. There's an ad. They pay us money for this ad. We'll be back after the break. Don't go anywhere. Hey, guys. What are you up to? Uh, trying to find something that. to watch, but nothing good's on. You know, this season of anime has been pretty great. Knowing you, it's about a suspiciously oiled-up swimming team who has supernatural powers and fights with cats. It's not really my thing. Oh, then you should check out Crunchyroll. Crunchyroll? What's that? It's an anime website created by fans for fans. It offers the newest and most current episodes of hundreds of anime straight from Japan. So even if an anime I like doesn't suit you, there are lots to choose from and try out. Uh, I don't know if you realize this, Dodger, but none of us speak Japanese. Speak for yourself. Arigato. That's okay. Every episode is professionally subtitled. And if you go to crunchyroll.com slash totalbiscuit, you can sign up for a whole month of free anime with no ads. No ads at all? None. And premium members get to stream their anime in glorious HD 1080p. If you're looking for a good place to start, Parasite has been a great show so far. Amazing animation and a really interesting framework that delves into death and what it means to be a human. Also aliens. Let me guess, it's Ugu nonsense with characters in pretty dresses. Uh, I wanted something a bit cuter, or rather, kawaii. Okay, okay, Jesse. Maybe you should check out Can Cole. It's actually based on a popular Japanese card game, and it has adorable girls with the spirits of ships inside of them fighting against evil monsters. It's all about friendship and doing your very best. Kind of like our show. That sounds absolutely nothing like our show whatsoever. Crunchyroll, created by fans for fans. Go to crunchyroll.com slash totalbiscuit and click sign up for premium to get a whole month of free anime and no ads. That's right. The world's finest collection of anime on Crunchyroll free for 30 days with zero ads. Get the newest and most current anime episodes straight from Japan on Crunchyroll.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the co-optional podcast. You just heard the sounds of Hangamageddon, which is just so damn good. It's from the dark side of Phobos OC Remix album that is a remix of Doom. And you OC should... Remix. Why would you not have that? I gotta say. Hey, we're rocking the Hearthstone stuff today, by the way. I got my Ragnaros and Firelord. Oh, this is the most overpowered glass in the game. That's not. This that's is my Aperture Science Diner mug. And I love well, it. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess it coffee. is. Okay. You win. All right. Yeah, they, they bought out a bunch of Hearthstone merchandise. I might have bought a few coasters. And they, they have an arena key bottle opener. It's fucking sick. It's so good. So I wasted money on that, just like everything else. <laughs> Indeed. Sounds about right. Yep. Played an iOS game. This is the part where oh. everyone goes, Ugh. Depends I on was, the game. I was there. Uh, I was there. You did it for me. You did it for me. Uh, it's, it's called Gems of War. <laughs> it's apparently the guys that made Puzzle Quest have made a kind of... It's more of a sort of free-to-play. It's got multiplayer PvP in it. I'm not I'm not 100% sure what to think of it yet, but it's got kind of nice production values. and. Yeah, you look a little yeah. disgusted while Gems you're talking about war. it. The main problem I've got with it is it seems to have four different fucking currencies. Like that that is that's the main problem. It's like it has souls as a currency, it has keys as a currency, it has some kind of premium currency, and then a regular gold Jesus. currency. And that means that probably at some point I'm gonna get royally fucked up the arse for microtransactions. Like at the start of the game, it's not relevant, but you start off and you it's basic puzzle quest combat, but you acquire units for your army, which all have different abilities. So they collect different things of mana and they have different uh, spells that you can do. So instead of like your hero learning spells, you have army units that have spells. So, I, I mean, it's it's nicely put together. I got to admit, like it's it's production value is really really spot on. It's it's obviously a match three combat game, but 
I don't know yet. I'll have to play a little bit more to figure out whether it's actually worthwhile. It does have an arena mode where you can fight other players, which I do like the idea of. And I think there's some kind of... There might even be some sort of Clash of Clans element to it where you have, like, a permanent base or something. I'm not really sure what's going on with that, but... It is free, so I did give it a shot. Uh, I, I just don't know what the hell's going on with the currency system in that game yet. It's called uh, Gems of War, if you want to check it out. It is, as I said, free, so... It's like, if you run into so, something you don't like, you can stop playing it. It's an amazing <laughs> idea. Hey, whoa. Yeah. Out of curiosity, though, when you see, like, four currency systems like that, does when, whenever I see something like that, the first thing I do is, like, okay, let's see how bad this is before I yeah. even spend any time on this. Like, doesn't that doesn't that reduce your investment just right at the offset? It def uh, definitely does, yeah. I mean, like, I'm far less interested in playing the game now after seeing that because it's like, well, I don't know what any of these currencies do yet, but I'm sure they're going to be important later on, and I'm sure you're going to fuck me for them, so... Right. You know, it's uh, the thing is I'm playing another game right now that has quite a lot of currencies called Star Trek Online, and the thing is I put a lot of time into that previous to it, so I kind of got used to it, and now I'm kind of back in the game, and I play every day. Like uh, Star Trek Online is currently my MMO, but a lot of what I'm doing is actually getting different currencies to get different things. Uh, right now they're doing a five year anniversary event where Q shows up as he tends to, you know, and he's dancing. He brought two dancing fat Gorn with him and put them right. in Starfleet Academy because he's Q and you can't fucking stop him from doing that. So he's floating around being an asshole and he's like, hey, go fuck with the Omega Particle, the most dangerous thing in the universe. Go fuck with that for my amusement. So you get to go and do that and it's a bunch of mini games which is uh, about kind of combining particles together. It's actually kind of fun. And you collect enough of these and you can build uh, so-called Omega upgrade kits which are really powerful and they let you upgrade your, your gear. But that's all free. Like, you don't need to actually spend any money on that. Uh, but they have, like, they've got multiple currencies in that game, too. They've got energy credits, which let you buy stuff. And that's either stuff on the auction house or stuff just in general. They've got dilithium and refined dilithium. So regular dilithium does fuck all until you refine it. And they've got a limit every day as to how much you can refine. Or you can buy it for premium currency. It's a, it's a free MMO. So you can then buy Zen, which is the main premium currency, which then, if you wish, can be exchanged for Dilithium on the exchange or oh, vice God. versa. It's like, oh, it's all, I don't know no. what's going on. Yeah, so that is a, I don't know, that, that's definitely bothersome. But like for me, I'm almost max level in that game now. I've got a tier six, a sticker battleship, which is really, really good. And I mostly acquired that from just buying too many fucking lockboxes and ending up with another premium currency called Lobby Crystals, which are available in lockboxes, which are kind of like... They, well, the thing about the way WoW does it, you know how you get tokens from raids? It's kind of like that. It's like a consolation prize. You get enough of the fucking crystals and you can buy some mega ship with it. And I ended up buying the Vaudoir, a sticker tier 6 battleship or something. And I've been just... I've been just upgrading its weapons and get it. I have a Borg cutting beam now. So I'm grinding reputation with like three different factions to get more Borg shit for my ship, you know. It's the MMO there's, loop. Ugh. There's lots of different things about that that I find interesting. Like when you have multiple forms of currency or multiple things that you can use to buy other stuff in the game, I understand them saying, okay, only one of these can you buy with actual money. Because then you, you can make the argument of like, because then you go out into the world of the game and you're buying these items with, you know, this money that exists within the world. And like, you know, you're not having to take your brain out of that too much. But then the, the super cynical part of my brain says, or there's also the fact that when there's so many different steps to get 
that final thing, you have to wind up doing the math, and people don't want to do sure the math. Making sure they don't fuck with you. Because somewhere so, in that exchange, they're probably fucking you. Exactly. You just don't know where. There's, there's a point. There's a point in there, right, where you're like, okay, how many of this am I going to need to get this many of this? And then, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to get the biggest one, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's what a lot of people wind up doing. They're like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to, I mean, I'll spend the rest of the money on other stuff anyway. So it's fine. I'll just get the biggest one and then I don't have to think about it too hard, right? And <laughs> I just, like, there's something about that that infuriates me <laughs> yeah i can understand like i would really would prefer uh, the thing is like even in mmos grinds are always going to be a part of it it's just in free-to-play games they tend to extend the grinds because you can't get everything in that game without spending a dime you can exchange dilithium with zen which is the premium currency and you can earn dilithium in a variety of ways every day hell you can even earn dilithium by doing nothing it's got something called the bridge office system which allows you to do uh these um it's you send your crew on missions kind of like uh, they did this years before WoW did it, but you can send your crew on missions to do shit, and they'll come back with items, and it's like, hey, I got you some dilithium, hey, I got you some experience, and there's like a bunch of reputation grinds associated with that, like, it's, it's, fi- I mean, that game's five years old, so it's got a lot of systems stacked on other systems, but you can, I mean, you could play it without spending any money, I, I still think, like, the core gameplay of Star-, Star Trek Online in space is really fucking good, which is why I play mm. it, like, the, I'm doing Borg runs every day. There's like a there's a bunch of uh, five man. They call them special task forces, which are like they're kind of like five man raids, I guess. And you go through a scripted series of missions, and you earn currency, which lets you unlock a bunch of really good shit. So I do this Borg mission, and I just I go in there and I I press buttons, and my ship fires a lot of beams, and I'm very happy. And that's all it really matters. Like, it really is just like, I press spacebar, my ship fires 5,000 cannons from God and blows up all this Borg, and it's still fun, you know? That's the... That's the thing, I think, about Star Trek Online that keeps people in it. Because it's certainly not the ground combat. Holy fuck, that is bad. I avoid that whenever <laughs> I can. But go into space and blow some shit up? Yeah. It's alright. That's free. A lot can be said for a game being able to make you feel really powerful. Yes. That game does. Like, you activate... Uh, there's an ability called Fire at Will Beams 3, which basically says anything within a 270-degree radius is getting hit. Everything. You press the button, and everything fires everywhere. There's some people that have gone with that, what they call the rainbow build, which is they get a different kind of weapon for each slot that has a different color, and they just yes. go full rainbow on everything. And yes. just blow everything up. And that's, for a lot of people, a lot of fun. Like, a lot of people just play that game to be Space Barbie. Like, they cu- they want to customize their uniform. That game has amazing character creation. You can create almost any race in that game. I have this weird blue guy with uh, a monocle. And he's, like, eight feet tall. And he has he has little uh, things on his, on his head. Like, little tentacles. It's great. But... A lot of people play that game just to play Space Barbie and get the the sexiest looking ship. There's guys running around in these giant Klingon ships that look like they might as well have spinners and neon on them. Like they, <laughs> we we call them the blingons. They're they're pretty fucking great. Blingons. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, I've made an I've made an awful choice. While you were talking about this, I started looking up Star Trek Online stuff. Yeah. And it led me to a map of the known Star Trek universe. Uh huh. Fuck me. I've just been like, oh shit, so that's what the Romulan Empire looks like. Yeah. Awesome. Not anymore. I done it. It's blown I up. I done it. It's blown up in Star Trek Online. They blew up Romulus. You remember how that <laughs> happened? Yeah, that, that's, uh, yeah, Romulus has exploded. They they moved Romulus somewhere oh, else. Are they are they doing the uh, new storyline, like the new verse? 
Uh, I th uh, it's weird. Like, it's weird to explain because they have all of... They don't have the new verse ship designs that are all shitty. Right. Basically, the game's yeah, set... Goodness. The game's set after Voyager, about 30 years after Voyager. So Voyager oh. comes back. So they've got a bunch of new shit, but they've got a bunch of... They throw old shit in there with some contrivance. They're like, this is a really desperate time. So we're putting Constitution class enterprises back into fucking play for no good reason. You can even get the retro phases if you want them. The blue oh, phases amazing. with the shitty so sound. So who are the bad guys in this universe? Uh, there's lots of... Uh, the Borg, but the Borg is also split into the Collective and the Cooperative. So the Cooperative right. are kind of a bunch of freed Borg. Uh, the Vaudois, the Undine, who are like Species 8472, and a bunch of other kind of minor races. Were, earlier on, you end, uh, you end up in a fight with the Klingons, but then they kind of patch things up later on in the game. Uh, so, but you you still fight Klingons every once in a while, which is always fun. Like, there's nothing better than just going in and blowing up a few birds of prey every once in a while. So, yeah, it's it's I don't know. Like, they they fuck up canon completely, like in uh, almost every way. But it's fine. It's whatever. Well, I mean, yeah. No, I mean, it makes sense that that because in the in the new universe Star Trek, the reason why Spock goes back is because Romulus he couldn't save Romulus, right? Mm. Is that what happened there? I think. I, like, yeah. I, and that's why they blew up Vulcan. Yeah. Look. Look, yeah, so so Romulus, Ro yeah that's Star right. Trek. You are correct. So Romulus did yeah. get blown up in the Prime Universe. That did actually happen. So and it was, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. it all makes sense. It all checks yeah. out. We're good. Oh, but if you want to fly that scimitar from Nemesis, you can fly that shit. It's big and oh, terrifying. Sign oh, me up. It's badass. Yeah, it's shitty it's, movie. Awesome ship. Awesome ship. Great ship. This movie was fucking terrible. Awful why, movie. Great ship. Why did they have a buggy? Why were they driving around a fucking go kart at one point? Nobody knows. Nobody cares. It's just, Oh, man. You can even fly the fucking uh, Dominion Jem'Hadar battleship if you want to. There's yeah, no reason uh, why they should let you do that. But they let you do it anyway, because fuck it. Deep Space Nine is why. Deep Space Nine is why. Deep Space That's Nine's a quest hub in that game. Deep, you've got to retake Deep Space Nine at least twice in that game, because they keep fucking losing it, because they're idiots. Uh, Damn it, Cisco, Get your shit together. Oh, he's doing other shit now. He doesn't command uh, Deep Space Nine anymore. He's He's busy. I'm not sure what he's doing in that universe. I think he might be... No, like, is he like dead? a prophet? Oh, yeah, no, 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 yeah. He didn't oh, think he came spoilers. Prophet. Spoilers for the final episode. Spoilers for the final episode of Deep Space Nine that was aired in, like, 1997. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, no, he and What's-His-Face flew into the lava together, and he became, like, the spirit of the, the spirit wormhole or something. Some yeah, he's, yeah, he's dead, yeah. I think, yeah. Oh, man. Anyway, okay, yeah, so... I, I, I don't know, I'll keep shilling for STO because it does have its moments, and you can, really can play that game to level 60 without spending a thing, and you might actually get some enjoyment out of it. If anything, get yourself a constitution class and fly around the universe singing Star Trekking, and you'll be fine. That's all you need to enjoy that game. Oh, man. 1999. Yes. It was 1999. It was close. Yeah. I need to right, see. I didn't even know ended. that game was still up. Yeah, Gold oh. Ducat, man. STO is uh, frequently in the top, like, 30 games on Steam. It's actually, it when it went free, a lot of people went and played it again. Which is, you know, happens to a lot of MMOs. Uh, is, isn't um, isn't uh, Star uh, Star Wars doing like a million? Still doing like a million players when it as it went Star free. Doing well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. Although I've got to say, like the free to play model is much better for Star Trek. But simultaneously, I like the fact with Star Wars you can just sub it and you'll get everything. You can't do that yeah. in Star Trek. They give you stuff for subbing, but it's barely worth it. So I just like that I can just sub to an MMO. And that's still an option. Anyway. Yeah, so I've been playing that this week. I want to play Hand of Fate. It just came out today. It just came out of early access. You guys have played TV. it, right? Tell me yeah, about Hand of Fate. On it. I want to know. 
Uh, I think I mentioned this in a previous podcast, but Hand of Fate is basically you are um, sitting down at a table with like an old mysterious card-dealing wizard, and you create a story by drawing cards. And at the beginning, you have a certain deck, and he has his evil cards, and then you have a deck of random events and items and different things like that. And so he pulls from your deck and then uses his cards in his deck to make the, the fighting. And so what it is is it's a card game driven story where you move from card to card and you have a certain amount of life and health and health I'm, I'm sorry and like you know from eating like mm. you have a certain amount of food and you have to keep yourself alive and by eating you also heal up but if you don't have any food you slowly start to die so you have to manage that plus continue the adventure and you're hunting people like the jack of clubs or the queen of hearts and they're all like specialized monsters and so like it's either Clubs or spades are like bandits, you know, like that kind of shit. And then you fight rats and stuff. And so you go through this entire system. And then when you fight, the fighting is sort of a... It's a brawler, um, right? Yeah, it's like an Arkham-style fight system. Yeah. Except you only have access to certain abilities depending on what you have equipped to you. So if you don't have a shield, you can't block. You can only roll, right? And so things like that. And so you get armor and you can equip it. But you can only wear the armor that you put in your deck. So after every adventure you can go in and change out your deck to make it what you want it to be. So if you find items, you can sell them and get rid of them, or they can go into your deck and you can like switch out for your next adventure and have like the optimal what you would hope you draw, but it's all random what you pick, but you can only you pick it from the deck. Okay. So it's, it's they, a very cool game. They also have an option um, every time you've gone through it, there's an option for them to just like create a deck for you. So that's kind of nice for people like me who don't want to take the time to create the deck, but still really like playing the game. They can just be like, we'll just make a deck that seems like it would work for you. And I'm like, cool, do that. But it also, it rewards you every time you do an event because there are different, like kind of bigger events mm -hmm. along the way. Um, every time you do one of those events, he'll say, okay, if you know, if you get out of this alive or if you do this or do that, then I'll give you this many cards at the end of the game. And so right. for each, each token that he rewards you with, you get, a different card. The my my absolute is like deck. the bit that I'd care about the most in that game, actually. I'd really yeah. want to it is. screw it, it, with it, it will be. as much as possible. It uh, will be. I'm watching your video right now. It's something like three months ago. The brawling seems like the animation quality maybe isn't quite there. What do you reckon? I would say, I mean, I would, I would agree. I think uh, at the time, it could have improved. I think at the time, it was, it was definitely alpha build, and it was still like they were trying to, it felt very floaty, the combat, but it right. exists, like, you knew what they were going for, but sometimes you would think you hit them, and it would just sort of whiff, yeah. or you're, like, like mm -hmm. there was a lot of things that they could have fixed, but I would definitely say the majority best part of the game is the card game, and I think Absolutely. that's where it's, I it's, agree. and I, the part that I love the most is because you can stack your deck and make your deck the way you want it to be, the game will recognize that at points. And so one of the things I did, I did a build where I did like four maiden cards, which would be like you find a maiden in the woods. And if you help her, you get a bunch of free shit. And then I stacked devil cards, which is like you get a thing where it's random, but the reward for like screwing over the devils, you get a ton of shit. But at the same time, if you get caught, you're totally effed, right? And so I put them all in my deck and that's literally all I had. And the game was like, I kept running into the maidens and the game finally was like, you find a lot of women in the woods, don't you? Right? Or the <laughs> devil one, it's like, oh, you have the worst luck. It's the devil again. And I was like, I like that it knows that you're trying mm -hmm. to screw that's it out cool. of stuff. I was like, that's cool. I like that too. Or like, yeah, if if uh, if you keep running into the same guy every single time you play, it'll be like, 
I'm starting to think you're putting him in there on purpose. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like fun things like that. I love it's that. Cool. I love games that have that level of self-awareness that just like, I know, I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to fuck with me. Ah, I'm having none of that. That's lovely. I love it when they when they just recognize that you're trying to game it, and it's like, no, 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 I can game you better. Yeah. It's, it's so. Does it's this game very, have a lot of fun. replayability? Like, is it yeah. procedural? The story, like, once you finish it, are you done, or do you want to go back and play it again? How does how does that work? Well, it's 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 more about when when the guy places the cards. At least from what I've seen, uh, it appears to be a random placement, sort of like um. Uh, Darkest Dungeon, when you go to a dungeon, it's not the same every time. The, the story you tell and the order which you move and the cards which are there are always different. So the story you're experiencing is always going to be different based on the cards you have at the time, what's in your deck, what he pulls from his deck, what items you have, the way you... And it's, it, you're going after the same things in story, like the story mode. Like, yeah. you're going after Jack and you're going after the Queen and you're going after the King, right? You're going after all the different cards and then once you collect those, then you can get the items and stuff that are benefits from that. But you just have an objective. The story getting to that objective is always going to be different. And you can be, you can be rewarded heavily or punished heavily depending on what you draw and the randomness of it or your skill level. Because sometimes you'll think you're a badass and you'll go into combat and you'll fight something that destroys you. And when you get back to the card world, you have no life. So you have to spend food to heal up or, or wait at a place and then you'll lose food. And so you're managing all these things. So you have to be good at the card game. And good at the combat. So you have to know how to do an Arkham-style combat in order to live this whole thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's it's a multi-leveled game. I think it's pretty cool. The concept's great. I'm like all in on that one. That looks that looks like my jam. That's assuming that the combat's good. Like if it's if it still looks and feels like it did in your video three months ago, I'm probably not going to enjoy it as much. Because I, I feel a lot of games try Arkham-style combat and they fucking fail. Because they don't they should have the production values for it. Arkham style combat needs really good mocap and really good animation most of the time in order for it to properly work and give you the right kind of feedback. It needs to be tight. It yeah. needs to be very responsive and tight. I would, the timing I actually, has just, to be precise. Exactly saying, yeah. we, when we were looking at that video just a second ago, when he was doing that little uh, uh, dash between people, it literally looked like he was ice skating. Like I thought, I thought for a second that the whole, like I thought it was a bug. And then I was like, oh, he's sliding between them. Okay. <laughs> it looked, looked very loose. I, w- I would say this. I would say this game. I think TB, you'd appreciate this. It feels like uh, Divinity Dragon Commander, and that half the game is a fantastic experience, and the other half is just sort of getting between fa- fantastic experiences. Yeah. Right. Like if that's the way that it, felt game, it is. Back. It is necessary, though. Like it's it's necessary to the way that the game is played. Right. Yeah. But it's it's just not nearly as interesting or fun as the card portion the card of game. the game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like both of those things. I like brawling yep. and cards. So this sounds like a game that I might enjoy. That I think that's going to be next on the chopping block, actually, for a video. So I'm going to play that when we're done with the podcast. I'll be polite and not play it during the podcast. Although I could, <laughs> I could go back and play more Gems of War in the process. I don't know. Gems something, of War. Something about it. I think I'm going to buy it right now. I think you guys just sold me. Oh, I, it's, <laughs> I think I had a fate would be Hannah a great streaming great. game. That sounds like a fantastic streaming game because that the, the dynamic nature of the deck is what makes the game interesting. So I think it's got a lot of replayability for that. I remember playing them, playing that game back at PAX East last year and being like falling in love with it mm-hmm. and just being like, this game's fantastic. Yeah. And I've just been following it ever since. Like, I'll give it a bash. For, I yeah. hope the combat doesn't kill it because I'm, I'm, a, I'm a picky bastard when it comes to brawler combat. You it's, will find, I can almost promise you'll find something wrong with the combat. Oh, like it's not, yeah. it's not at all perfect. I won't at all. have to look it, very far. 
it, there's not a lot of polish in the combat part, and I don't know that they focus too much on it. Oh. Hopefully, it's improved since, but yeah, you it's saw the video. Three months like, of more early access. Maybe they've made it better. We'll see. Yeah. Now, Jesse, have you played the release that came out? Like, did you play it today or yesterday? No, no, no. I, I, it just oh, came okay. out today, so I haven't played it yet. No, yeah. but I, I mean, I Got look it. forward to it. I have the old version on my computer still, so it's like something. I, yeah, the concept's great. It's a game that I was just like, you guys have nailed it. You just need to make this one section, the fighting thing, you need to fix that. Better. The rest of it's great. Yeah. I'm in love with this game. Fix that one part, you've got a perfect game. I do love that Divinity Dragon Commander comparison you made, because, like... Exactly <laughs> what it is. I gotta, I gotta, like, give Larian respect for trying to put literally everything into one video <laughs> game, but, like, some of it was just... There's loads of games that do that. There was a... Um, what was the name of it? I think it was called DEFCON 5 was a, a game on the Sega Saturn that tried to be literally everything. Like, it tried to be a first-person shooter, it tried to be System Shock, it tried to be an RCS, it tried to be an RPG, it tried to be a tower defense game, it tried to do all of these things in one. And you've got to admire that level of ambition, even if they fucked half of it up. Like, it's like, I, you know, I, versus something like, you know, go back to the Evolve comparison that tried to do too little, I appreciate games that try and do too much and maybe fall a little bit short, versus yeah. games that played it safe, you know? So how was that game, out of curiosity? Um, Dragon Commander? Oh, the one. Oh, Defcon Five. Um, did it do uh, anything right, or was it just like a jumble of features? Um, the one thing that it did really right was the, your base. You were kind of alone in a base, and your base could be invaded by aliens. You had to go hunt them down. But simultaneously, it was all kind of timed. So when the next wave came in, you had to be manning the turrets and shit, and you had to use like panels on the wall to access different things. It was really kind of interesting, but probably not a very good video game. I haven't played it in a long time. <laughs> I can't imagine it's very good, but again, I respect I respect that level of ambition when it comes to games. We a DefCon remake. Uh, don't get it confused with DefCon, which is the the nuclear strategy game by uh, the, the guys at Introversion that is completely different. Not that. Anyone else played anything else this week? Yes, Dodger. Sorry, I had myself muted. I see. Um, I finally. <laughs> Jeez. I finally played uh, Freedom Planet. I know that ah, game came out a while ago. Yeah. I finally played that game. Did you like it? I was I was shocked at at how blatantly similar it was to like old Sonic games. I was like, oh, you didn't even try to make this game look any different. But it also it, it also felt a lot it's got like the art style. old yeah. It originally was it? it originally was a, a Sonic like tribute game. It was like that's yeah. what it's supposed to be originally, and then I guess Money got thrown at it, and they were like, all right, we'll make a real game. But originally, it was like just, we're going to create a awesome tribute to Sonic. And right. that's why it is what it is, yeah. It's a Sega yeah. Saturn platformer in every way. Like, there were many games on the Sega Saturn that did this 2D platforming thing that weren't Sonic. They, they never released the 2D Sonic game on the Sega Saturn, if you can believe that. They never did it. They released shit like exactly Sonic R. Like Sonic. Right? Yeah, it does. It, the art style is there. It's Here's the even that animation, the, the little, the little loose kind of walk that Sonic does when you move mm -hmm. back and forth. He takes the full step anyway. Oh, and she gets faster. Like if she keeps running, she will get faster and start to do the Sonic uh, spinny legs thing. I, yeah. the thing though that I like is I really, really like, like I enjoyed the story. I enjoyed the acting. I enjoyed the level design. I, like I really like that game. Like I can't even describe to you how much I, I like that game, but I really like it. The fact that I played. 
I, I think I, I two and a half hours like, I'll play an you hour. played on a stream. I was like, I'll play an hour, and I went two and a half hours. Like, I couldn't stop. I was like, I want to see what happens next. I'm enjoying It reminded, like, it, it had mass nostalgia while playing it, but it was a new yeah. experience, and it blew my mind. Like, if you can give me that, a new experience, but make it feel like when I was a kid, I'm in. A thousand percent in. Did yeah, you, they did you, nailed did you the just, style so well. Did you just play the main character Dodger, or did you try to the other two? Uh, I played. I played uh, pur purple girl. Yeah, so the main character. Main character. Yeah. There's one with a bike. Girl. That's a bit. Weird. Yeah, there's a little green cat girl with a bike. Yes. Or yes. Yeah. And then you can play the guy, the nerdy. Like the here's the thing that I love is this game, and I will constantly support it. this game. Most of the voice actors come from like. When I, like way back in like 2000 ish, the the voice acting alliance website, which was like all fan dub stuff, almost every voice actor on there comes from when I was on there. So I was like, I know that dude's voice. I know that dude's voice. I was like, holy shit! Like it's That's so cool to see people years ago who were like, yeah, no, this is what I do for a living now. It's like, God, good job, good job. It's great. I think it's amazing. It impresses the hell out of me. So it's like it's a weird kind of like experience. Like everyone in this community. Is like connected. It's a very strange experience to have that. Like, hmm, all right. Yeah, I just I love how well they were able to nail the style of it. I don't know. It, like, I mean, it, it is the perfect the tribute to signs and the, platforming, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. It's really so good. Which, uh, what platform is that game out on right now? It's on PC. On PC. PC. Yeah. I think it's on. I think it's on Steam, but you can get it on GOG it as well. Um, yeah, it's on GOG. It's places, yeah. great. Yeah, it's a good it's, game. It, and they do they do a hell of a job of like I mean there's there's one it's genuinely funny and it's because there's like I don't know who the writer is God bless that writer because there's a moment in the game where every time it, there's this bad like I guess sort of bad guy but he has he has a duck soldier and every time the duck like there's a huge conversation at a law the duck soldier just goes right <laughs> like it's fucking hilarious every time he's just like it, it's amazing like. Yeah, thank you, thank you, chat. Quack. Like it's a great <laughs> moment. Uh, yeah, it's it's a genuinely well designed game for something very simple, and it I think you know was a tribute at one point. Not even a real game, like just like a, we want to create something because we love it. And then people were like, "What if we gave you money to make something amazing?" And they did. So thumbs up. Good job. Yeah. Yeah. So I I really enjoyed that. I also played um, Momodora three. Okay. Which is super fun. What so is I that? think it's I think it's by the same people who made I'm gonna look this up before I I think it's by the same people who made Cave Story. Okay. I have not heard of it. Momodora? Yeah, Momodora yep. three. Okay. I haven't I haven't played the other two. Apparently there's a through line, but fuck it, whatever. Momodora three is adorable. It's really fun. Um it's it short. Is a platformer. It is it's a platformer. You stack items. And you have different abilities, and uh, I don't know. I really, I really enjoyed it. It's, it's not like it's particularly complex, but it's adorable, and uh, you can play it all the way through. And then it has you just like start over again, but you can have more items. So like the longer you play, you can just stack more and more and more items. Okay. Uh, and apparently, and there are like different ways you can end the game, and you can play as different characters and stuff too. And it's full of the same. It's not yeah. much. So that's it's super cute. It's the same cute. difficulty when you restart. Uh, it is, but you, but it's not that. 
you can start the game as a hard difficulty. But if you've beaten the game and then it starts you over again, it doesn't up the difficulty for you, as far as I know. Um, it doesn't automatically do that. This is actually a Patreon-funded game. Is it? Apparently so. Uh, they they so cute. They got some funding from Patreon anyway, not a huge amount, but uh, it just said uh, I went to their site. It's by a company called Bomb Service. It's not the same guy that made Cave Story, um, but they made Momodora One and Momodora Two, as you might mm. imagine. So <laughs> what? Yes, <laughs> shocking. So, I know. With a Patreon-funded campaign, isn't that a monthly? subscription though how would how would you like if we get x month x hours per month then we'll make the game i don't know i think they were just asking for money frankly like uh, they're they're trying to uh, it looks like they're trying to uh, patreon fund momodora 4 uh, but they're not getting much out of it like they only have 190 bucks a month right now and they're looking for they're demanding 1111 dollars per month to make sure the dev has can actually pay rent which is fair (laughs) like that's that's not a huge amount of money they're asking for there that's right. Also, it's cute because that's four ones, so it's like it's like four because they're making Momodora four. <laughs> She's probably right, you know. I I didn't uh-huh. notice that, but that's probably the exact reason why that's there. Just putting it out there. <laughs> Thank you for that. Much appreciated. <laughs> so yeah, that game is adorable, and and like I said, it's really short. So if you want to play okay. a really a really yeah. cute platformy game that takes you like an hour and a half to play mm. should check out that game it's cute Fair enough. <laughs> mm. anyone else played mm. anything else or are we actually gonna run out of things to say before the end has, of the has anyone has anyone played monster hunter yeah no uh apparently Duger. it's really fucking hard to get a new 3ds in this country right now really hard it's yeah. very hard to get unless yes. you unless you pre-ordered them like either you, the majora's mask one or the monster hunter one yeah you can't get them yeah i uh i will simply say the new monster hunter and i don't know if you had this experience it seems like i, I i'm not too i'm maybe like four hours in it seems like it has a bigger emphasis on item creation than previous Monster Hunters. And I don't know how I feel about that because that's my least favorite part. of. I just want to hunt monsters. <gasps> I don't give a shit about making part. items. And and oh. like it feels like they're like, there's much more creation you can do this time. I was like, I don't care. I just want to hunt things. It, have you had that experience? Am I crazy? Like, is that what it's like in this now? Um, Yeah, but I'm cool with it because... When I when I when I played Monster Hunter Try, I was totally all about like I want to make this armor set, I want to make this thing, I want to make that thing, and like I would you know go hunt a Rathalos eighteen times to get that one bit of its tail to make that one thing, you know. But uh, no, for for me the big issue is like both Sam and I have the game. Sam has a new 3DS and I don't, and I I play the game in short bursts because. I get frustrated with the fact that I can't rotate the camera very easily. Um, so uh, apparently you know, like I tell you, you don't have a circle pad pro or anything. No, but, but Sam really loves playing it with the new 3ds because of the nipple. So, it, Oh yeah. No, What's that thing is fantastic. That, yeah, that, I feel like it's... that makes all the difference because for me, I was so bummed when I knew that they weren't going to make it for Wii U. And I was like, fine, you know <sighs> what? I love monster hunter. I'll just, play it on 3ds that's fine but if you don't have a circle pad pro it's f- frustrating to play i'll be honest same thing with majora's mask uh, like and if you don't have that circle pad it just makes it 
infinitely much more difficult, unnecessarily so. And mm-hmm. it's, I love that they included that. I think it's the best thing they could have ever done with a 3DS. So mm-hmm. good work, guys. There's a guy actually in my streaming group who is streaming Monster Hunter right now, and he has been, he has big hands, and he and he has problems with the small one, and he can't find the other one. It's driving him crazy because he gets great numbers. He loves the game, but he says literally by the end his hands are cramped, and he's like got this Aww. huge between like enjoying it and like he's looking forward to playing it and wants to progress, but uh, it's it's a horrible situation. Mm. Which I guess yeah. speaks highly about the game, if nothing yeah. else. I mean, I yeah. wanted to pick up yeah. either the Majora's Mask or the Monster Hunter one just because, hey, you know, they're nice, but whatever. I think I'm just gonna wait. And... Get the be like me. Get the sleek black one. I just got a sleek black. It's nice, shiny I black. Want... Yeah, I want the metallic red. That's it's like, you know, it's a very classy black. Like, yeah, yeah, nice. I don't know if they still have them back in stock on Amazon. When I checked last time, there were none. Like, you couldn't right, find right. any on Amazon. Yeah, that's they where keep mine saying came that from. you can find them at GameStop. Sam and I were going to go and look. But... Uh, I, might, I might go to our local GameStop after the show, actually, and just try and pick one up there. It's, uh, yeah. Because right now, it's like, it's all scammers and scalpers yeah. on Amazon right now. It's like, you want to pay 460 bucks for the Legend of Zelda one? No, not really. I don't. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, and all, all a bunch of Japanese ones that you can buy, which are, of mm-hmm. course, completely fucking useless. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amazon doesn't have them anymore. They they put them up, and then they they I guess they even pre-orders, they took them down immediately. Isn't there a shipping problem right now? A major port in the U.S. is uh, shut down? Is that all the, that all the West Coast? All the yep, West Coast all ports West Coast. are under a shipping dispute. Every single one from what? L.A. It's, to I didn't Seattle. know that. It's horrible. There's been ships that Stocks have been waiting, shut down. not just as a tension or anything, but there have been ships that have been waiting offshore for over a week. These are people that are having to camp out on their boats that try to make schedules by hours, and these dock workers are like, they're refusing to work. So it's, it's like there's stuff that's rotting in boats uh-huh. offshore. Right. Yeah, it's, it's a huge union issue. And it's, every, it's like every dock worker from, I think they were saying from Long Beach to Seattle is just everyone shut down. Oh, so that's huge. There's nothing coming in on the West Coast. Yeah. yeah. That might oh, have a great deal shit. to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> What's well, causing shortages across the board? Like, it's it's ridiculous. And they're saying we haven't even seen some of the uh, effects yet. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I could go to GameStop. I'm- I think I'm going to call ahead, though. <laughs> that sounds like a good <laughs> idea. You know what's interesting is uh, I was talking on my news show about how the new 3DS doesn't come with a charger. And that, like, blew my mind. And I was like, what? No charger? How can they not give you a charger? Like, any sort of a system where you can only play it for like a few hours before it needs to be charged should come with a charger. Yeah. And the res- the response was that the US is like the only place that has consistently gotten chargers with DS systems. What? Like a- that's apparently not fucking true. I used to sell them in the UK. Loads they all had fucking chargers with them. Tons of people in the UK were saying that they haven't there that haven't been be a chargers recent thing then. Because when I was ones. selling actual DSs and DS lights back in the day a game, they came with fucking chargers. Right. Yeah, it it blew my mind. A lot of people were like, "What? We don't get chargers with ours." Like, I don't know what you're why complaining you about. Not? I was like, "Why wouldn't you get a char-? I mean, obviously, there're going to be people who are going to say, "I don't need like three chargers, right? I have like three or four of these." Oh at this no, point. that's a big first world problem. I have too I many know, chargers. I have too many ah! chargers. And apparently it helps the drive the must have down done a this. little bit. But it just I don't know ah. I find it frustrating, the oh. idea of, like, getting a system and not having a charger yeah. with Apparently it. Apparently the 3DSs chat- in the EU didn't have chargers. Oh, well, there yeah, you go. look at yeah. that. A lot of chats When did they cut no that charger. shit out? Yeah, I was going to say, oh. when I used to sell DS lights, they had fucking chargers with them. So that is, in- that is interesting. Apparently so, Germany yeah. has them. Weird. 
Huh. So some people did. Some people, like, that's a weird market thing. Like, I guess someone at Nintendo determines certain countries need chargers and certain countries don't need chargers. That's a very I'd say weird... they all need chargers. I'm going to go with the list of they yeah. all probably need chargers. Huh. I guess a lot of people or a lot of companies are assuming they're, they're trying to market it as an upgrade instead right. of a system, right? Mm-hmm. They're like... You have the 3DS right now, but don't you want the new 3DS? Mm -hmm. In which case, it's like, you already have one. You have a charger, but you could have a better one. An upgrade, if you will. As long as you're very clear about that, you you can get away with it. Because if you already have a charger, then saving a little bit of money is nice. That's assuming the cost saving gets passed on to the consumer. Hint, it probably fucking doesn't. It's like when I first got my Vita and... I realized that you can't play any games if you don't have a memory card. And I was like, mm-hmm. what the fuck? <laughs> like, I had to immediately get, also get a memory card, but I didn't know that until I had already opened yes. it. I got it used. Well, anyway, I remember when I bought half a charger for the Vita. You buy the Sony charger, it's literally only half of what you need to charge the Vita. It's fucking yeah. stupid. Unbelievable. What? Yeah, seriously. It only comes How with the actual charging... It's it in doesn't. two pieces, like for a laptop. Yeah, it literally does not work. It comes what? with it comes with the box, but it doesn't come with the cable that you have to plug into the box in order to charge it. You have to buy that separately. It's fucking stupid. It's yeah. and it would be okay if it was like a USB cable because everyone has it, but it's not. It's a proprietary fucking cable. It's absurd. Oh god, my god. <laughs> lord, lord, lord. Lord and lordy. Fucking lord ridiculous. Speaking of news happening on the podcast, 2.15 p.m. today, West Coast Ports reopen as Labor Secretary arrives for talks. Ah, okay. <laughs> oh, there we go. Ah, our 3DSs are happen. coming in. Excellent. Maybe I can get one off Amazon I think they were now, waiting we'll for your podcast. Yeah. yeah, they were like, are they going to mention it? Ah, excellent. Okay. They mentioned it. We'll, Good. we'll figure it out. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, Co, you were playing some other stuff this week, so you said. Yes. Yeah, I have been actually... Um, it, it's kind of interesting because, you know, there's this big continuing debate about early access products yes. and, and what they have to offer and, you know, when should you actually give them your money. And mm-hmm. and one product that I backed up a long time ago and actually played the hell out of until the development kind of ground to a halt was this game called Rust. And, um, you know, I got, I got a lot of hours out of it originally and it was pretty fun, but I had a bunch of problems and the hacking was rampant. So what the developers did was they went back to the drawing board completely and literally they, they do this blog. And one of the first blog posts was, we screwed up. Like we, this is we didn't do this properly. We're redoing it from the ground up, and everyone's just kind of, yeah, okay, you know, yeah, have fun with that. We'll just, you know, tune in every so often. So, flash, uh, fast forward to now. Here we are, you know, months and months later. The product is incredibly improved. Like it's it's to the point oh, where really? we now have a server. We have two servers for my community. Um, we have, you know, I jump on, we get 50 players in there. The building system is second to none. There's no multiplayer survivor game with a building system that's good. We build castles out of stone, twigs, and wood, you know, with outer walls and interior structures with multiple floors and sniper towers. Like, it is so much fun now. They've improved the PvP, redid the interface, and it's been an absolute blast. Like, it's a, it's a great example of an early access company listening to what the people are saying, eventually getting to the point where they're like, Okay, you guys are asking for so much. We can't do it with this anymore. We're doing it over from start. They did, and now it's awesome. That's so cool. I was so worried that this was going to be a, and now everything is awful, and they're not making the game anymore. And I was going to be like, uh. I like that this is a a positive outcome. Yeah. 
it's great. It, it really is fantastic. And um, I mean, we're playing it now. You know, I'm actually they just put an upgrade today where, you know, there's roads now. They made it so all the maps are procedural. So anytime you go to a server, it's like a completely different map. There's individual biomes and rivers and lakes and, you know, all these animals and stuff. It's it's really great. And just today, like I said, they added roads, uh, redid the building system, fixed more bugs. And what's really cool about it at the end is, um, and then I, I, I wish every dev did this, is they run this dev blog where every time they're coming out with a new feature, they talk about it. They talk about all the back-end changes that they're making, the server architecture and how it interfaces with the networks and you know why that created this problem that the players see and how they're going to fix it. It's a fantastic line of communication that, frankly, is, is a standard that I think a lot of other companies could really look at. Awesome. That actually, that makes me, just, just talking about the building system makes me want to <laughs> play it. I never touched Rust. So cool. I mean, you can, you can take anything you can imagine. It's just you can see this huge flat land. You can place foundations anywhere. They click together. like It's like adult Legos. And you have to go out and, you know, the whole time you're harvesting, well, especially on our server because there's whitelist plugins, you know, you're in this community where you know everyone that you're looking at. You don't know if they're going to be KOS or not. And you're kind of feeling it out the whole time. And it's it's really enjoyable. You, the little clicks form and little teams. It's like a whole social experiment in one. But it's great. I really recommend trying it. If any of you guys want to, we'll get you on the server. <laughs> cool, cool. Awesome. Anything else that anyone else has been playing this week? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, TB, goodbye. <laughs> My people need <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> so long. We, we could, even though it's not a game that we're currently playing, we could mention the Terraria Otherworld announcement. Look! What was that? I missed that. Look, you say the word, Commander. I will be back. <laughs> Say the word. I the don't know what that game is. I have no idea. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. Like it's a, it's a Terraria thing. We think it's not developed by the same studio. I think it's not the same game. I think, but it's not an expansion. I think, and it's certainly not a patch. I think. So I don't know what the fuck it is. is I think I have so no far. idea what you're talking about. That's all. <laughs> yeah. What? What? Yeah. What? So a wait, new Terraria. It's thing. called Terraria, though. It's called Terraria Otherworld. It looks like a cross between Starbound and Terraria, like a weird baby child of the two. It's, it's a very strange. It's a 47 second teaser. Uh, but Starbound is space Terraria, so how, like. Weird. Look, look, I don't, I don't know, man. I yeah. don't know. So we need these questions answered. Logic <laughs> is working on it with engine software. It looks a bit, I don't know how to describe it. Like, it, it looks really strange, and I don't know what's going on with it. Or what they're trying to accomplish. So I guess. All right then. It's it's been too long since we've had a good uh, gay fanfic, TB. We need. We need <laughs> God, we don't need it's any true. more of that. The total cocks. Where's the total it's cocks? It's been too long. It's been too long. Yeah. Two men trapped alone in a cave I with know. only the elevator to keep them company. I will kill you on that. Okay. Sweaty Until the digging ending. for hours. Until the ending on what you just showed, I thought you were showing Starbound to contrast it with the other one. Oh no! I, that oh, no. was Terraria Otherworld. Yeah. That that, wow. It does okay. look a bit so Starboundy. You've got to admit. Right, that are they? But God knows what's going on with Starbound these days. Like that seems to be dragging on forever. Well, they just had the huge update just just at, like last month. The winter update. Are this like six months behind though in terms of that? Like they're they're taking a long time to put in the stuff that they said they would. 
Well, I got to admit, though, I, I actually revisited Starbound uh, in December when they had released their winter patch, the big kind of beta patch. They basically took a collection of features and made a cogent game. It is. It was a completely different experience. If you have not played Starbound in the last few months, I highly recommend checking it out if you enjoyed it before. Now there's like this little off-world that every, uh, every uh, star system can get to, and it's like a quest hub that moves you through the entire story. There's d bunches of different bosses, different, like, literally, where, where before there was, what, six quests, and they were just one after the other? Now there's got to be 50-plus. Like, and the whole progression is there. I mean, it's, it's definitely worth another look if you enjoyed it before the winter look, the winter patch. Fair enough. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's... Uh... Yeah. I think Starbound is at this point where I really just want to wait for it to come out and then I'll play it yeah. because the amount of content doesn't quite seem to be there. I don't know. I'd, or maybe I'm just done with those kind of games. Who knows? There was Yo, a long to... time until this patch, though. Like, they took way too long with it. They lost yeah. just it just like the Cube World update that's eventually going to be here. I was just like, about to say, I was like, what's <laughs> going on with Cube World? That Nobody is literally knows. what it's I was going to ask. Cube World vanished. I, I Look, everyone wanted that. And that dude would like was like, I'm out. Like, no one knows. No one has a clue. He could be dead for all we know. No one knows. <laughs> the no, he's not said anything. And the last year, the update's actually coming, according to him. He actually, like, one mysterious tweet, he was like, still working on the update. You know, dot, dot, dot. Like, that was it, and now everyone's conjecturing. Well, apparently, like, he released that game way too early. Way oh, yeah. too early. And as a direct result, people are like, when's the game? It's like, I, it wasn't anywhere near done. I have no idea what's happening. Oh well, he got he got money while the getting was good. Everyone well, jumped on that yeah. game. I was so excited for that because it felt like what I wanted Minecraft to be. Like it was like, oh my god, this is what I wanted that game to be. And then it was like, sorry, there's nothing actually in this game. I was like, you son of a yeah. bitch. Yeah. Well, you know All what right. Tryon did too. Tryon, the development, uh, that the publisher, they they took one look at Cube World and said, oh oh that in an MMO, and it's called Trove. <laughs> And it's actually, yes. they're actually working on it right now. It literally is a Cube World copy, just like we were talking about with the little gimmicks and changes. It has, like, classes, and it's, you know, MMO, and you get little plots, like, in Landmark, yeah. and you can build on the plots, and, I mean, it's Why it's not Cube steal World. something that's way yeah. too early in development, you know? It's like, this guy's never going to finish it. We'll finish it they're before they the do. Let's go. Exactly. Yeah. It's the War Z thing, where, hey, look, that guy's a good idea. Let's get a product out quicker so we can steal all the PR from it. To be fair, that seems like a kind of problem with the early access business model, and the chances are you probably shouldn't use it. <laughs> Maybe release your game when it's more done, and people won't fucking steal it. Good point. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> but then th that, that, also, that also includes, like, worries about open betas as well. Like, do you think people should steer away from open betas in nah, general? I, th I think that's too close to release. Like, an open beta should be a few months before the release. It shouldn't be like, right. with Cube World, that game's not going to be finished for, like, years. Like, they put the alpha out for that game. The last update was, what, six, six seven, eight months ago? Come on, really? Like, the, you expect someone to not nick that idea at that point? Right. Because people want it, Absolutely. and your game's not giving it to them, so they're going to go somewhere else. These days, though, I mean, the people that are actually deciding when a game is alpha and beta, a lot of them have no idea what the terms even mean. I mean, oh, seriously, I think it's they like know, the they just choose to ignore it. Well, I mean, take take the Archage Alpha, right? Okay, Alpha. Any game game designer or anyone that's even you know understands Alpha is when you're missing basic gameplay pillars, no optimization, you know, bugs everywhere. It's Alpha. You're still building the game. Tryon brought over a finished game from Taiwan 
It was done and released, and they called it the Arc Age Alpha. Yeah, and it's like, you, who, it, does anyone there? Do, do well, you understand? Like, it, it's, evolve. it's so evolves big alpha. Evolves big alpha was basically the game. Like, it was mostly done. Like, I was not an alpha in any respect of the word. Right. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. But I think, because but it's a, a real. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. All I was gonna say is it's a built-in excuse, though, right? To say exactly. No, but it's alpha, guys. Don't worry, it's alpha. No, but we we know that there's problems, but it's alpha. You know, that's. No matter well, how how well built the game is already, if they call it alpha, like what are you gonna do? It. Yeah, and absolutely. The, the problem developers is they are real. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Jesse. No, so, like developers fear, like they fear that initial feedback of a release and like people immediately saying it sucks. That's why they include that stuff. If if you ever meet with developers at any convention, they will tell you like, oh, immediately like, what you're about to play is this is an alpha build or a beta, like one of those things, just because they're like so afraid you'll go back and say something negative about them and it's like we get it like you don't like we understand this is your like we're, we're, i'm covering myself so if anything's shitty it's because it's an alpha right like it's just a general across the board cover thing that everyone term. will do yeah. yeah it's a cover your ass term you used to call it a fucking why, demo yeah well that i mean that no one wants to call their stuff a demo these days because that oh, implies no. that it's done oh yeah. we don't want it to be done because then it could be criticized like that's horrible just like jesse was guess saying. what it no, can still be criticized it's... even if it's not done in fact that's a pretty good time to fucking do it because Especially then you might it fix it out. there you go but no it's it's unfortunate because these are these are like concrete development terms with real definitions oh, yeah. that have been turned into pr buzzwords yeah. and it just dilutes the entire atmosphere it's like and now now instead of you know talking to a real developer yeah my product's an alpha you kind of have to squint at them is, is it, it an alpha or alpha alpha no. like like which, no, which one is it? you know like where what how far in alpha are we is this pr alpha or development alpha you know it's all of a sudden it's like we need a whole new set of terms for the real thing and yeah. oh, what is it's horrible i mean that's that's what essentially open betas have become hype machines they aren't open betas to test stuff it's to everyone's in open beta man i can't wait to start playing this game for real when it comes out like it technically is out if it's open beta it technically is out they're just we it's a little covering for themselves into i mean yeah. look at look at the early access there's early accesses now that are that are in alpha that have fully functional cash shops it's like mm -hmm. you're taking money for the Here's product the storm prime it's fucking example storm. technical alpha yeah. mm-hmm yeah, it's, it's like by the time you're making money off your product, by the time it's sustaining your studio, you'd think someone would kind of raise their hand and be like, hey, guys, <laughs> like at one of the meetings, like it may be time to kind of get that word off our product. Like we're charging people for this. Yeah. You know, it's it. I oh, mean, by that point, I think it's like you, here's what your game actually is. If you're selling stuff, it's just not feature complete yet. And that's your fault because you released it and charged people for it. I'm not going to give you any sympathy for that. You don't get to go, oh, it's alpha. No, you're asking people for money. It's not alpha anymore. Like, at most, it's early access. and you. But people want to avoid the connotations of early access because they suddenly realize people are starting to get wise to early access. Yeah, they are, because they're sick of being sold on vintage shit. They shouldn't be buying it. It's that simple. The cut and runners, man. There's so many people on Steam that, you know, you they, they list this feature set and it's awesome and everyone wants to buy it. And then all of a sudden, three months later, there's no updates on the site. Nope. You know, you I mean, hell, in some it's cases, gone. like there was one there was one game uh, recently came out. It was a survival. I think it was called Stomping Lands or something. It was a dinosaur. Oh, survival they're, they're game. doing the yeah. entire yeah. engine yeah. they Dude. blame on that one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Literally, it's like you Probably give them money. 
Oh, yeah. I, no, I don't think it is either. But they have this amazing feature set. One out of the nine things listed is in the game. And then three months go by without a peep. And then all of a sudden a post goes up saying, hey, guys, by the way, so just casually, uh, we're going to go ahead and rewrite the whole engine in Unreal 4. Uh, thanks for your money. Hope to see you in a, you know, seven to eight months when we actually get to the point where it's where we are now. And it's like everyone's just standing there going, great. So let me get this straight. The product I paid for that you were developing that I funded is now gone. Essentially, and yeah. now it's it's between us and putting our faith you in your paid, work. You paid for proof no of concept. Yeah, yeah, you played for a concept. You didn't pay for a yeah. product, and it's like, is this mm -hmm. is Steam supposed to be an early access seller, or is it supposed to be like an idea? Uh, you know, you're paying for it. Steam pushes now. early access way too much. Like it, it's that simple. Yeah. There are some good early access games. Prison Architect is worth having. Darkest Dungeon is worth having. The Escapists was worth having. The, you know, there are a bunch of other things that are, but they're the they're the minority. Strongly disagree. <laughs> I hated the escapists. I'm okay. sorry. That is not the game for me. I everyone I know was like amazing game. Forty minutes in, I was like, I can't, I can't. I'm so fucking bored. It's what slow. what it about it? Slow game. You not like about it. It's just very slow. Like even the first level where you're in a minimum security prison was like, I know what I need to do. The process of completing that was like far too slow for me. Like I just couldn't even like you got to get your job. Oh, I got to fucking wash clothes. All right. Wash clothes. Wash. Like, there's so much stuff in there. I'm just like, if they wanted to get across the point that being in prison sucks. Yeah, no, it sucks. You it's boring as shit. <laughs> like, I just don't. I, I was. Yeah. And, but everyone knows, like, dude, it's so much fun. I didn't. I, I just couldn't get into it. And I, it mm -hmm. must, I'm, it just must not be my thing. But Guess not. clearly, I'm not the majority because a lot of people love that game. Jesse, the reason I asked you, man, I streamed it for an hour. I put it down. I never picked it back up. I felt the exact same way. When I was sitting there for 10 minutes stamping license plates, and then I tried to leave, and they were like, you didn't put this back, so the alarm's off, and now you're flopped. You know, I'm just sitting there like, uh. You know, like I, right? it, it, at that point, it was, like, it was like, I felt like I had messed up at a job instead of playing a game, and I was just like, this, is, eh, this isn't for me. And it doesn't have that thing that Papers, Please had, where, like, even though you're doing a menial task, there's something about it that, like, you're like, oh, shit, like, I don't know what it was about that game, but compared to this, the menial tasks you're doing are like lining up or going to the yard or eating breakfast. Like it didn't, there was no substance. It was just sort of like task, 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 things I need to do in order to complete this level. It's like, oh cool. my God. It's like, it's like the investment thing we were talking about earlier. Like in, in Escapist, you know, I, I didn't have any, I didn't know where my character was going. I didn't really have any goals. I knew I might want to get out of prison, but as far as I was concerned when playing it, that was going to involve the same gameplay loop I just did for, what, 120 days? And then I'd be released from prison. Yay, menial task until I'm let loose and then I win? It's like it it felt weird. But then again, I'm I, saying this all, all this about it. Like I had this buddy who plays named Bike Man, and he can take he can make watching paint dry entertaining. And he was like coming up with his own stories, and like yeah. he was going in and like you know, hey, I'm this guy, and I'm gonna go shank him because he said something about my mama, and then my baby's mama said something to her, and then I'm gonna you know like like he was coming up with all this crazy stuff that made the game exceptionally entertaining. Because then it you take it to that level where it's almost that dwarf fortress level of weird shit that can go crazy and wrong. But right. unless you get to that level, and and I didn't, um, it it just it wasn't there for me either. Fair enough. All right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll do the news. Whoa, news, wow. It's probably not very good. You're watching wow, the Co-Optional Podcast. Don't go anywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Co-Optional Podcast for the final hour or so of the show. Yeah. Music from Tribes. That game's dead now. But so good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was. Ah. Hell, I haven't played Ascend. I played Ascend. 
That music was from a sin. I was pretty fun. But then they fucked it up. <sighs> Simplification, man. It's rough. Uh, that and high res just being high res, you know. It's a bit sad, but hey, never mind. Okay, let's talk about the news. Okay, let's talk okay. about the news, shall we? My goodness, so excited. <laughs> Gander and the little walkie-talkies we went. We have some of that. Oh, absolutely. Oh, I'm doing a voice right now. Do I need to be doing a voice too? That's not, wrong That's not appropriate wrong at all. Wrong. That's rude. Oh, sorry that's about that. What about some Eddie Murphy? Would that help a little bit of Eddie? No, no, this no you're that's, too white. That's Stop. rude. That's rude. That's rude. Yes, that's racist. We can insult the British because they're white and conquered most of the world. So, you know, it's cool. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the news. Shall we do the speculation thing about the order? Everyone else seems to be doing it these days, including supposedly oh, responsible in. journalists. You want to do I'm that? In. Okay. I don't know yes. that much about the order, but I did Neither see Neither does anybody Jesse's, else. I saw Jesse's tweet and it made me laugh. <laughs> All right, all right. Uh, for for reals though, and I I was gonna play the order. Very, like I was very much down to play the order. I might still do it, but some dude I don't know how he got it. Some dude released a 17 part playthrough, and I would be lying if I said I didn't watch every single bit of it. Okay. I watched from one to 17, and I will say, I mean, he could have left stuff out. He could have, you know, you have the power to edit if you're on YouTube. And apparently, this guy is a you guy who beat Bioshock, though, right? Like, like, he beat Bioshock in four hours. So he could be that guy who just skips a lot of things that I wouldn't skip. It, You know, Bioshock to me, like, 11, 12 hours to beat. So it could be that. But this guy's playthrough of The Order, when you watch it, you can't help but notice it's very, the gameplay is very linear. There are way too many QTEs. And the stuff that, like, there's entire, I, I would say, 40-minute spans of just cutscene. Like, it, if you wanted cinematic... You're gonna get a cinematic, and lots of it. And I was very much like having watched this again. It could be edited. You know, I'm you know we're yeah, relying sure. on that Absolutely. footage. Having watched this, I would say I was interested in the game. I am still kind of like I kind of want to play it and see what's different. You know, now I'm interested to see like is this legit? But more importantly, the things that stood out to me. Everyone was complaining about the time and and the time. Things stood up to me is what I posted because this other guy actually screenshotted it. Uh, Rex, I wish I could remember his thing, but I linked it to him. Um, they have a, the cuts, the, the QTE battle from chapter four. I didn't notice, so I went back and looked. The QTE battle from chapter four is legit the same QTE battle as the last boss of the game. They just reskinned everything and made it a different location. And it is mind blowing when you see it. You're like, shut up. And then you realize, like, there's a lot of stuff. It, uh, I don't know what to even make of this. Like, I just don't know what to make of it because it seems like it's another one of those we promised the world and delivered. It seems like Rise Sun around to me, like a show. It piece. does. Oh, it feels like it. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, are you are you saying like they're very similar? Or are you saying it is a copy? The screenshots are like exact. screenshots are the exact same except reskin, like exact same screenshots. They literally use oh, yeah. the same QTE twice. Mm-hmm. Huh. That's and it, kind of and it's it's the final boss of the game. Like that's an inexcusable. Reuse of a QTE. What and the fuck it, is with doing QTEs for the last boss of the goddamn game these days? That happens all the difficulty. fucking time. It's infuriating. It's supposed to be building Dude, up to the big climax boss fight and it ends up being press X to oh, win. Especially well, in uh, Shadow of Mordor. F yeah. that. That game was so good and that last boss that fight point. was infuriating. It's yeah. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It's a three button QTE and that's it? 
flip I feel again like... not for spoilers dying light yeah dying light exact too. same thing in fact i think it was three or four buttons like it was it like and, and the worst part is dude that character drums up his machoismo the whole story you want nothing more than to fight this guy and like you know this Epic Beat him up with all duel. of your custom weapons. Set him on fire. Poison him and all that yes! shit. You don't get to fucking do oh it. Oh my lord. I want to use my weed whacker that has switch blades at the end. It's on fire with poison dripping. You know, I don't want to sit there and hit yep. four buttons fucking and be done with Space this. Marine did it. Oh god. Uh, Dodgy, you were, you were saying, sorry. Oh, all I was going to say is that a lot of games do that. They where do. To the point where when I'm playing a game, I assume that the final boss is probably not going to be as hard as some of the other things I fought in the yep. game. Which is kind of sad, right? Like, there's definitely been older games that I've played where if I was not fucking ready for that boss, I was screwed, you yeah. know? And I don't feel that way anymore. It's like they're scared. It's like it's like it's like the the end of the game instead of being like just like in like a good movie, instead of being the build up and then the climax is this epic fight and then a big reveal and it's done. It's almost like the end of the game now is like some quasi deflated outro. And it's like yeah. you get to the end and there's just this subpar ending where four buttons are yes. hit. And the worst part, it's like if you die in those, you know, you're not expecting the QT and something happens. You fall to the ground and three seconds goes by and you're right in front of the boss again. It's like it could not be easier. There's you know, you know no. It, I think and I think it, it across the board, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say across the board. I'd say most. I think most of the time it's a result of the fact that they have schedules that their parent company or their publisher is saying you need to get this out by and so they just have to rush the endings always seem rushed in AAA games now always a lot of people don't get there a lot of people don't reach the ending so why fucking bother right it's a really weird thing but like going back to uh the order looking at everything in it it everyone's complaining about how it looks even i did i was like it's too brown i would say having seen the videos i actually kind of really like the world it's in the world it's set in looks beautiful, and it's a really like sort of, uh, I don't know, like period beautiful, which I think is great. And I, I think the characters are there. I think there's a lot of stuff there to love, but at the same time, you're absolutely right to be felt like watching, you know, the four or five hours of 17 episodes of this guy playing, and I didn't skip ahead. I just watched. Um, it looked like Rome. It felt like Rome. Like, it looks like you're playing Rome. And Rome, I had fun with, but Rome was more of a tech demo than it was a game. And I think this is very much Rise. the same. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah, Rise. Not Rome, the HBO series. Rome, the video good. game. The first season of the HBO series, very good. Uh, but I think, like, yeah, Rise. It felt like Rise. And that's a it's a little weird to have that be a thing that happens now instead of when you launch your system. But... I don't know. Yeah, I think it, it, I wish I could remember the guy's name. He's not a big YouTuber. The guy who posted it only had like a thousand subs or something like that. Uh, he also got banned from YouTube, I believe, oh, for doing that. There you go. Well, I don't. I was about to say you, you well, go look it up. Releasing an now. entire game that isn't out yet is generally a good way to get a DMCA on your ass. It's not a very good idea. So he, yeah, he um, uploaded. I mean, like, legitimately, the first two episodes seemed really cool because it was sort of like you, you're fighting gangsters in like a billiards room and you're going through this whole thing and it looked very cool but at the same time it was sort of duck and cover combat mechanics so you're going like from room to room duck and cover shooting and the eight like the targeting didn't seem like it mattered that much he just sort of shot and the guy was like Rah! like would die and you're like what and then it it's would go gears, to isn't it you know quite literally gears because mm -hmm. quite steampunk rusty gears of war 
And then and then it would go to a cutscene, and then I it was either the third or second or fourth. What is either one of the first few videos? Literally, it was like a thirty-five minute video, and it was all a cutscene. It was a huge cutscene of them like at the table, and like it, like we are the descendants of King Arthur's call, like this huge big scene. But it went on forever, and I was like, "Holy shit! Like this is they a movie." Put, did they put an episode one of an anime series in there? Was it like just I don't I don't want spoilers, but it was just like a hey, these are all the characters, and this is the story, and this is the world, and like it was that what no, it was? Um, no, like the beginning was a sort of like intro to 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 this world, but I mean. It, they didn't do that. They didn't hold your hand, but they like uh, they introduced concepts that I thought were really cool. I'm not going to spoil anything. Like it's there's a lot of stuff that you can tell they wanted to put in there, but they did not execute well at all. And again, like I said at the beginning, this could be edited to make it look bad. It could be he left out certain things. Like we don't know. But what was there was 17 episodes that totaled five hours long, mm-hmm. roughly five hours long. It'll probably take and a little was, bit longer for some people certainly to get through it, but. I also think that the way that developers, a lot of developers are going to get a bit upset over this uh, because mostly a bunch of sites ran with the story based on that, which was pretty stupid because they haven't played the game yet. And we're speculating. We're not going to say the game's five hours, whereas these guys will say, the game's five hours because they want clicks. Right. Yeah. But it does seem to me like uh, categorizing that as speed running is... Have you ever seen a speed run? That ain't a fucking speed run. That's just your game isn't that long. You know, that... If your game is a lot of cutscenes and you can beat the game, but but what about the collectibles? Most people don't care, you know? Most people don't care about achievements and things like that. If I can get from beginning to end in a reasonable playthrough in about five hours and half of that's cutscenes, the chances are I'm not going to like your video game. And if you're going to make it like that, I hope that it's less than 60 bucks because I'm not paying that. Uh, and, to, and to be clear, the video that was uploaded was n- definitely not a speedrun. There are many moments where, like, there's one part where he's chasing a werewolf through the streets and it jumps over a wall and it's like, chase the werewolf! And you have to find a way to get past the wall. And he lost okay. the werewolf like two times. Maybe. Right. Like he so, lost, and so, so he, he had didn't to make it optimally at all. No, not at all. Like there was parts where it was like, even I was like, I don't know what I would do here. And he eventually just sort of stumbled into the solution. There's parts when he like lost battles and stuff. So clearly. That's not a speed run then. You know, if he's no, lost, if he actually lost fights, there's no way that's a speed run there. I mean, and, and, and I, I don't agree with this whole, oh, well, he didn't get all the collectibles. Nobody fucking cares. Like, if you want an example of a good single-player game that didn't rely on collectibles and had actual content in it, go play Wolfenstein. That takes about 12 hours to beat on one playthrough, and it has replayability. Like, there's a reason to at least play it twice, and that's without counting any of the collectibles, which I didn't fucking go for. I didn't look for the collectibles in that game. I didn't give a shit. I just played the game, well, and it was like 12 hours of FPS content, and it was all good. So, yeah, that's, that's a like that I want. You look at any speedrunner on Twitch, and what do they have in their title? Any percent, which yeah. specifically means that they don't. They the whole point is to get to the beginning everything. and the end of the game. That's done. Yeah, right. But Jesse, just a quick question: as someone who I'm sure has played Bioshock, do you think that from what you saw, they could do the same to Bioshock? And like, do you think there could be Blitz a it. quality game in there somewhere? Or, I mean, that, that's what I don't know, and that's why I'll still because when people complain about the time length and that it's a lot of cinematics, to me. I played and love pretty much every David Cage game ever, and that's all that is. So for me to say anything else would be foolish and stupid. But, I mean, from what I saw, I don't know how many hidden things there could be, how much wondering there could be, because a lot of the battles, at least the way he was playing, seemed like it was you were focused in one direction. It didn't seem like there was an exploration part to it. There very well could be, but a lot of it was chase this, go there, go do this. And it was very much like you're forced in a direction. Again, it could be the way he was playing, 
but that's what it seemed like while watching it. And so it's one of those things that, I mean, I'm not going to say anything until the game's released and people have played it, but I have many opinions about the, the story already. And it's kind of like, all right, I mean, I'll play it just to see, but I don't know. I, I It's a thing that, having seen it, I feel like they're doing super damage control right now. The things they're saying are, are damage control. They've because said people some have... really dumb things in the past. Yeah. Like, they justify yeah. the 30 FPS beyond what they should have done, which is to say the PS4 isn't powerful enough to actually let us put the graphics out that we want at 60. They justified the fucking black bars. Best cinematic vision! No, you did that because that's 25% less pixels to render. Like, don't bullshit me. I can do basic mathematics. What the fuck is wrong with you? You don't get to pull that shit. We know the PS4 is not powerful enough to make the game that you wanted to make. But Sony's not going to have any of that because Sony right. needs their fucking showpiece. They need their first party studio showpiece and you're going to give it to them whether you have to compromise the frame rate or the resolution or make half the game a bunch of fucking cutscenes or not. That's what you're going to do because Sony demands it. So no! You know, I... They should have made it for PC, man. Of they should have. <laughs> it's such a cool idea. Like, yeah, it's a nice idea. I'm not going to ever fucking play it. Into this. I'm not yeah. going to ever play it. Why would I? I'm going to play fucking 30 I, frames I per second game. I have the stream budgeted for it right now. I, I have a morning stream, and then the afternoon stream is going to be order at this point. Like, It'll probably I, be I, I, done in the afternoon by the sounds of it. I know, right? And oh, people are just like, like oh, you so want to have a backup game. I know. It's, oh, man. It, the potential is there. Like, I, I saw it with my own eyes, the potential for this game, and it's just a failure to execute. And it's it doesn't seem like they as a studio failed. It seems like people were telling them, rush this, do that, change this. Like, you can feel the boardroom moments added to this game. And it's insane. It's insane. And um, trust me, when you play it, you, you will notice. Like, they were going this direction, and suddenly there's like a 90-degree angle of like, we're going to change things now. Like, what? What happened? It's really weird. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. But again, it's all from some dude's playthrough. So I could be totally wrong, but it's not looking that way. <laughs> like, the evidence existed on the internet. Like, it, you know. Yeah. yeah, I'll wait till the reviews, but I imagine that some reviews are going to say, hey, yeah, it's a bit longer. But it's like, is it? I mean, did you just fuck around? Because it's not longer because you fucked around. You know, it feels like, well, I died 50 times and it took me eight hours to beat. Well, that's your own incompetence talking, you know? Right. So I don't know what's going on with that. But ultimately, it's still a single-player game with no replayability that's very narratively focused, which to me is a red flag. It's a red fucking flag. Like, you compare it to Wolfenstein, as I said, it looks like Wolfenstein has more content, and it has replayability thanks to the choice that you make at the start, which changes the whole fucking game. So you can play it at least twice, and that's assuming you're not even going for the collectibles, of which there are lots, and they're actually good. Like, they do things, proper things, do new game modes. How you learn about the... Uh... Anya, Anna, whatever her name. Like, if you collect the the recordings, you get her whole backstory. Like the main the main girl. Like that's a thing that they would that they didn't need to include, but it's fantastic. Yeah. Like it adds a whole other. Like just, Wolfenstein is amazing. I don't. Well, of course, it's one best of the best game games of last year. year. Good, is the best game the of new, last year. The, the new Wolfenstein man. Like I I played through. I don't want to spoil it, but I played through it One Direction. And then I said, the next day I wasn't even planning on playing it, playing it. And I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to see what happens in this other direction. Let's just see if there's any differences, totally different. right? All of a sudden, this one character changed. And I'm not going to say who it was. But the first time I saw it, I was like, is that who I think it is? Is he supposed to be representing who I think it is? And then I, I, and then I, was, I got to a point where I was like, I just want to see where this character goes. And then it gets to the end where something traumatic happens to him. One of the only times I've 
ever shed a tear on stream. And you guys may or may not know what I'm talking Aww. about. But one of the only times I literally was, it J- was just was, was it like, J-H? oh, my God. Are we talking about J.H. right now? Yes, we are. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, was my fa- that was my favorite moment of the entire game. When the guitar comes out, and I was that like, is, motherfucker, I feel the dog. More <laughs> moments in gaming, period. Like, yeah. I remember I, I, the, the feels from that scene are palpable. Like, it's just incredible. You're sitting there, like, people who know where it's coming from, and you can hear that recording in the back of your head that you've heard a thousand times. Just incredible. Incredible. And that all came from me just going, you know what? Let me try the other side of this game. Like, I would have never seen it. But, you know, I enjoyed this first playthrough so much. Let me just try the other one. Oh, it was incredible. Uh Yeah, it's a great game. Uh, I mean, it seems to me like the order's going to be a rental for most people. So, hey, do that. I wouldn't buy it. Get up at your nearest blockbuster, guys. Get out of your uh, red box. All you need to do, just yeah. go to go to Redbox, get a copy of it, play it through in a few hours, take it back. You know, if it turns out there's not a lot of replayability, then that's the way to do it. And hell, if a game comes out and it fails as a result of that, then that's a, it's a lesson. Don't release games like that at 60 bucks. You want to make a game like that? Release it at 20, and then people will be happier. It's like, would I pay 20 yeah. bucks for a four or five hour game? Sure, absolutely. Wouldn't play, wouldn't pay 60 for it. Absolutely. I not. use the $2 value method. If I feel I've gotten X quality hours out of the game and that divided by the price is less than two, then I will recommend that game without a question. If I feel that's I've smart. paid $2 that's per smart. hour. Because that's, I mean, that's, I, I don't think do everyone, those everyone has a, a, a level that they'll go to, right? And it's, all, it's yep. a very personal thing. A lot of people yep. will just happily do that and they'll say, all right, well, three bucks an hour is fine, four bucks an hour is fine. Some people are like, well, 10 bucks an hour is fine. Uh, and a lot of people are like, oh, well, if I don't get at least a dollar per hour, then it's a waste of my money. It's like, okay, well, if you want to be like that, you can be like that. It's not like you can't be a gamer and do that. Hell, if you're on Steam, yeah. you can do that all the fucking time. Go get the new Humble Bundle. Holy fucking shit. Some people were complaining that that wasn't enough value. What the fuck is wrong with you? It's got Hitman Absolution, Supreme Commander 2, Hitman Go, Tomb Raider, Sleeping Dogs, Thief, Murdered Soul Suspect, and Deus Ex Human Revolution Director's Cut. And that's before they add the new games. And it's like... The, that's an amazing, the, amazing value. That's ridiculous One value. One of those games would probably give you the value of the Humble Bundle. Yeah, if I was you play say, it. F- 15 bucks for all of that is absurd. And if you don't want Tomb Raider and Sleeping Dogs, you pay six and you get those. Like, are you, are you, what the fuck? Any, what, I would even pay six bucks for Supreme Commander 2 and I don't even like that game very much. Yes, Dodger. Speaking of which, if you no. haven't checked out the Humble Weekly Bundle, you should. Because oh, you it, can get you oh, can get a hatful boyfriend. Boyf- oh God! You you can get you can get a body pillow with Ryota in anime man form and in bird form in his maid costume. It's amazing! I totally bought it. <laughs> Shut up! Wait! Whoa! No, you literally can. There's a, you get yeah. a pigeon body pillow. Yeah, that it's is amazing. The best thing I've ever heard. Yeah, I've never played that game. Ah! Oh, it's the best dating sim ever! Uh, ever, run, ever! Run, run, No, play Get away it. as fast as there you can. There are actual feelings. There are actual feelings. Co, you gotta try it. You don't have to <laughs> try it on stream, play the other game in the series, Go Go Nip on My First Trip to Japan, which is no. very, very creepy, and you shouldn't don't play, play that. Don't play that game. No. I had that gifted to me yesterday. Oh, no. Really? Don't do it. Don't do it. Go Go Nip on it. It's you will spend re- you will spend two good. and a half hours in a train station as two girls are like, "Would you like to learn about Japan?" And you're like, "Oh my god, can we just go somewhere?" Japan is very good. There's a lot of things in Japan you can. It's like, holy shit! Next, 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 and it's just the train station background. It's like <laughs> next, next, nothing. Enjoy that. It's a lot of fun. Oh dear. But it does it does have a bunch of good. It has Long Live the Queen in it. It has Analog a Hate Story, which is a great game. 
as long as the roommates. queen is fucking evil that game just destroys you it's the dark souls of dating sims <laughs> it's not even a dating sim it's sometimes a I dating never thought sim. I'd ever it's a management that. game yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a social management game there is yeah. some dating in it but it's fairly, the dark fairly soul, limited the dark souls of kawaii management games <laughs> yes indeed that's exactly what there's 50 ways to die in that game it's fucking intense all of them very cute and disturbing. Like your death train your dogs. Is very Always weird. Train, train your dogs. dogs, otherwise you're fucked. Out of nowhere. Oh, that game is evil. Absolutely evil. All right, let's move on, shall we? What else have we got? This is not. I mean, that wasn't even news. That's like some guy may have beaten the order in five hours. Let's talk about that yeah. for fucking half an hour. That's how boring this week is. <laughs> oh man. Ugh. So, Rebellion yes. put an article out on gamesindustry.biz written by uh, CEO Jason Kingsley of Rebellion, the studio that made Sniper Elite, basically saying Metacritic's irrelevant, games, old games media is junk and is disappearing now, and the new approach has taken over, that being Twitch and YouTube, which I think a lot of people know, but it's, it's starting to get to the point where big people are actually coming out and saying what people knew in the first place. Uh, they're yeah, there's some interesting quotes from this article. Professional reviewers have a difficult job because they can't see a game from the perspective of somebody who's paid money for it. Like, and there's, there was another quote that said, uh, reviewers go in attempting not to enjoy the game. Which is an interesting attitude. I mean, he's not wrong to some degree. But, I yeah, so the quote goes on to say, your average player who buys the game is almost obligated to try and enjoy it. They're hoping this thing they've paid for is good, and if it's crap, they're very, very disappointed, and they probably won't buy another game for you. I'm not saying professional viewers try not to enjoy games, but that's what they do during the week as a profession with all the pressures and deadlines that come with it. That explains I mean, kind of a lot, doesn't it? Like, I think that really explains the way that... Uh, the way that a lot of people defend games to the hilt online. That's probably a pretty good explanation of it. Like, they feel obliged because, like, they would never make a mistake in purchase because that would mean that they were wrong at some point. So their game must be good. So they're going to defend it to the fucking hilt. Well, it's it's the same thing, like, uh, with the long-term MMO players, where if they... It's, it's almost like to a point where you've put so much of yourself and your time into something, or maybe you've told enough people you're looking forward to it or that you enjoy it, that, it, that at that point whenever someone says something negative about it, you almost feel like this little twinge of, wait, you know, that that's a part of me. I need to say something or do something to show them, you know, like, hey, it's really not that bad. Or, hey, I play it for good reason. You know, there's always that little twinge of investment when you've put money into it or, you know, you've made the decision to spend your money on it. But not, not only that, I feel like it's, it's also kind of a resurgence of that feeling that you get in school. You know, when you're trying when you're trying really hard to figure out who you are and, and what your peer group is and those sorts of things. And you don't you don't want to, you know, when people really like something and you don't like it as much, sometimes you still act like you like it and vice versa. And I, I feel like it's it's kind of along those lines as well. Like if you really trust a reviewer, if you really like them and you respect their opinions and then they say, man, I really don't like this game. It, you get that defensive feeling of like, but I like that game. So, but should I not like that game? Or is it okay that I like that game? Maybe they're wrong. You know what? They're wrong. This game's awesome. <laughs> yeah, and the thing is, where that argument should stop is right in the middle. Is it okay for me to like this? Yes. Yes, of course Absolutely. it is. Absolutely. Have you formed your own opinion? Do you enjoy this game for what it is? Great. 
Do you think your favorite, like, critic or reviewer is going to show up at your house and tell you how wrong you are and that your life choices were incorrect? No, they don't. They don't know you and they don't care. If you like the game, enjoy it for what it is. Like, just don't pretend that it's more than it is. It's okay to like bad shit. I watch bad movies all the time. I watch Jack Ryan Shadow Recruit. That's a piece of shit. But I still <laughs> felt like I got my two hours worth out of it. Helps that it was free on Netflix, but you get... I watch Falcon Rising. That's literally two hours of a stereotypical bad guy doing kung fu. I mean, it's, it's silly. It may, it's got no redeeming factors at all. But I watched it anyway. Just you know, be okay. Be okay with liking the games that you like, you know? Mm-hmm. That's all right. But just, you just don't have to convince anyone else of it. You won't have to convince yourself of it. Going back to what he said, though, about reviewers and how they are more inclined to be negative because they're going in hoping to find things wrong or, or, or going in negative. Like, I don't I, think reviewers do go in negative. I think that's yeah, I, I don't agree. I don't agree with that statement. Yeah, I was. I, I have an issue with that because I feel like reviewers, even though to a lot of people they might seem cynical and sort of like I've reviewed twelve million games, like I'm tired of this shit. Sure. I, I think deep in their like, in the cockles of their heart, they're like you're gonna wear, use the word cockles. I knew it. In the cockles of their heart, they desperately want to relive that moment. Yeah, they desperately want to like relive the moments of when they like loved gaming. And and to say that they're all across, you know, I feel like there might be one or two. Because even if you look at movie reviewers, all one or two are just assholes because they're assholes. Yeah, but most people want to love games, and but it's their job to tear games down to like its fundamental core, basic of what it is. So it might seem negative, but. That's just, you know, most people on the, most Twitch users, most YouTubers aren't that person. They aren't reviewers. They're gamers and they play games. So sure, those people are going to like it more because they don't, they aren't out there to sort of criticize. They're there to play and have fun. And so it's just perception. And I think, I think he perceives it a certain way. So I feel like he's got some very obviously good points, but it's not a like, good argument to be made like i would never stand I, on the side with i also don't agree with uh, the pricing thing i think you can absolutely consider price performance and not have to have paid for it it's like uh, this argument is dumb like let's extend it let's say for instance that some youtubers were quite wealthy and that they were able to buy games and not really have it affect their bottom line in any way mm-hmm. what do you say then to that guy that his opinion on price performance no longer matters because he has more money than this other guy do we only ask about price performance from people that are working minimum wage? How does that work? Like, just because you got a game for free doesn't mean you can't consider that factor. And the fact of the matter is, it's an entirely subjective factor anyway. Yeah. The only objective statements that you can make in regards to price performance are, this is the price, and this is how long the game took me to do. Those are objective statements. Everything else is purely subjective. Because for the reviewer, that might be totally fine. Or for the viewer, it might not be fine. For this guy on this wage, it might not be fine. This guy has this expectation. This guy has this other expectation. Give the information. That's all that really matters. It doesn't matter that you weren't financially invested in the game. In fact, if anything, I'd say that biases you in an unfair capacity. You shouldn't... You need to take the financial element out of the equation so you can look at the game for what it is. Well, there's one There's one small thing, though, that, that I think should be considered in that that's a little bit more than just the hours played to money. And that, I mean, when you come from the perspective of a reviewer, that's someone who generally has to finish the game. They need to see all facets of it. They have to get to the end. They have to experience everything. 
when I was talking about my $2 system earlier, one of the things that I'm important to say is I go off quality hours, hours I enjoyed playing the game. If I put down a game before I finish it, that's how many hours I'm going to count towards that $2 value. So it's the kind of thing where sometimes, especially with the length of a game, sometimes games are just overly long. They just drive on. Dragon and some Age. people just play them to keep playing them. Yeah, well, to the mo but see, I was invested in Dragon Age. Yeah. So I, I could have played, uh, played 110 hours. I could have played more, and I would have loved it. Like, in fact, I was sad when I got to the end. And when I, when I ran out of, I didn't have a single quest on the map left when I was done in literally every zone. And I, and I oh, did man. collectibles, oh, everything. Man. Yes! And, and it's like, and I got to the end and the only thing I had was the board stuff. And I almost just sped my clock forward to see where that went. Cause I loved it. And that was all quality hours to me. But when you're talking about the length of a game these days, especially games that are sometimes just have repetitive command, com, uh, repetitive levels, repetitive game mechanics, you know, the evolves for instance, that you could take forever or you could play for five hours and be well, done Well, evolve is a prime example of quality hours that. versus quantity hours, right? Cause you can have a series of games that are complete shit in Evolve, and then you could have the best That's game ever just out of nowhere, and you had no real control over whether that happened, because it was just a confluence of events. That's a very good point. And that also adds in that kind of that RNG to the whole aspect of, you know, and that's something that has to be considered when you're talking about a game is the fact that your gameplay experience will be random. In fact, when I tell people about Evolve, when I, I don't really recommend Evolve. I, I try to explain Evolve and say, if that's your thing, then you may have a good time there. Evolve but is just like you said, it's maybe the best you can way have to call it. And in, yeah, that, that is a good way to put it. But like Evolve, you could have an entire hour of ass games yeah where your tracker has no what's going on ass you're playing, games you're playing, oh, just that's the new ass. humble bundle coming out next week by the way ass, ass, games. Games. ass games thirty dollars you get no. yourself a custom ass pillow modeled after your favorite oh streamer oh my god i'd be i'm down sign me up <laughs> But seriously, if that's someone's first hour, that could be their entire Evolve experience and they're done. Yeah, where you could, could be, you know, so fucking done with it. You get, you know, you get in those little teams where one person doesn't want to leave, he's a level 30 wraith, and that's all he plays, and you're just sitting there hating life, no matter how good your team is, they just get reamed every time, and, and even in the perfect conditions, it's like, this is boring. You know, so, th but anyway, going back, that's, I feel that quality entertainment is to be considered, and it's kind of weird because reviewers a lot of times can't end that game, so the whole thing is skewed from the beginning. I mean, what would have happened if you would have ended at 10 hours and been, you know what, this game was okay, but it didn't really grab me. Where you had right. to play 20 hours of the game, and you were like, man, this game just kept going, and it was dumb, and it droned on. You know, it, it, it skews the perspective. I mean, it's why first impressions are actually really important as well, because uh, I think when I did my Evolve video, I put 12 hours in, and I thought, okay, I pretty much, I have the thoughts I'm going to have. Like, any, any more hours I put into this game are going to be diminishing returns. I'm not going to learn stuff that's relevant. Like, yes, 100 hours in, I'm probably going to be a fuckload better trapper than I was 12 hours in. But that doesn't matter to the critique. That's irrelevant. Like, it's, is it me being bad at the game that's caused this thing to happen? No, this is the experience that the, the people are going to have in the first 12 hours. And frankly, if you can't help people in the first 12 hours, your game's bad. Like, it's that simple. You've got to bring people in within the first hour or so, and they've got to start getting invested in it. If they can't get it then I'm afraid that you haven't got your new user experience right. And there are going to be valid points to be made there, but some people are like, oh, well, no, you can't look at it until you've gone 50 hours in. I'm not going to play 50 hours of Evolve. Yeah. That's ridiculously unlikely. That's not going to happen. I don't like Evolve enough to play 50 hours of it. I'll probably play some more of it. I'll probably play more when they bring the new monster out and try out the new hunters. But to, to have the idea that I'll even play 50 hours of Evolve this year is, is unlikely.
very unlikely. And people still want your damn opinion anyway. And I think what's important, and this is kind of ties into reviews as well, is this, disclose everything. Like, if you've only played the game for 12 hours, fucking tell them that you played it for 12 hours. It's that simple. That's all you need to do. And if someone wants a review from someone that's played 50, they can go and find one that's from someone that's played 50. You just have to be completely open with your audience constantly. And this is the problem I think reviewers and just games media have had over the last seven months, or longer than that, of course. They've been condescending twats for a while. But before that, it was all a case of, look, like, stop lying to your audience by omission. Like, if you haven't finished the game, don't pretend that you have. Just tell them. You, know, it's, you can't finish every game. It's impractical. There are some games that are just impossible. Just let people know how long you've played. Like, just share your thoughts. Share everything that you think about a game. Tell us everything. This is the problem with written reviews. They've got like a thousand words. We can go on for an hour and streamers could talk about a game for eight fucking hours while playing it. You get way more information there. And that's, you just, you pour your heart out to your audience. That's the way you do it. And I think too many people are too fucking obsessed when it comes to reviews with writing a college-level essay. You know, they tick the boxes. Got to get my citations in there. Got to get it under a thousand words. Our teacher will give me a B minus. No, fuck that. Games media has evolved beyond that. Games media is about telling people what you fucking think. And if you have to use 10,000 words to do it, then you use 10,000 fucking words to do it. That simple. I, I think, yeah, going back to the article, I feel like his premise is correct. Like, what he, his initial premise that Twitch and YouTube and all that, new games journalism is definitely where it's at. His premise is correct. His argument, I think, is incredibly flawed. Like, what he's, the reason why he's saying that, I think, is wrong. But he clearly, I think people understand things are changing. I think that's what you should take away from the article, that he might be wrong on what he said, but why he said it is because he's, he sees what is, he's read the tea leaves. He knows what's happening. And TB's right. Because a streamer or a YouTuber or, you know, we can go in and play a game for any amount of time and you see how much time you put into it. So you make your conclusions based off of that, not off of us just saying, like, trust us, we played all of it. It's it's that simple. One of the things one of the things I kind of wish that would happen is, you know, there's there is a huge discrepancy between Twitch watching someone play the game you're interested in and uh, an article where you're reading, you know, almost like a postmortem of their experience. It'd be very interesting if, you know, I, I haven't seen a lot of this yet. I could just be naive here. Maybe this exists already. But to have reviewers write, you know, 100% fully functional reviews and then link them to either a YouTube, a Let's Play or something of every hour they played of the game. And then it's like in their review, they go back and reference specific times and events where you could go back and see them see those events and experiences. Because I can't tell you how many times that people have been in my channel and something really cool has happened in a game that I may not be having a, the best time in, but there was just one or two special events or cutscenes or something. I'm like, whoa, this is awesome. I really like this. This is great. And they just go, oh, hey, dude, I just bought that game. I, I just bought that. All like, those moments like, could they, do they, it. They're like, ten yeah. It's... I think it's for different audiences as well. Like to say that traditional game reviews yeah. are obsolete is is not right because a lot of people don't have the time to watch a 45 minute video about a video game. Admittedly, if you're going to spend 60 bucks on a game, I hope you'd spend more than two minutes researching it because that's how you get fucked over if you don't do that. And I think the things like scores obviously don't. need to go the way of the dodo, but it, you know, it's different media for different kinds of people and you can use them all together in order to form an opinion. For the sure. problem it's, is I think... The idea that one thing is definitive over another is not... I mean, I don't go to Twitch to look at new games, but some people do. Some people absolutely do. There's a big audience for it. Lots. That's most of my audience, to be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If I want to look at a new game, I go to YouTube. And sometimes I'll look at a review if I need a quick opinion. 
but that's usually for research purposes. Most of the time, it won't be. I'll be looking at gameplay from people that I trust. It's that simple. Yeah, honestly, like oh. I, I think that there's still a lot of value in written articles. Again, because everybody's different. Yeah, like sure. it's it's the same as being in school. You know, some kids are gonna learn a lot by reading the book, and other kids need to be more hands on. I think that there's just different mediums for different people, different ways that people ingest, you know, information. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, so. I mean, with written articles, I mean, you're basically talking about the, the conveyance here for the information is the written word. And the, the subject matter is the review of the video game. If, you know, information on if you're going to make a purchase of a game. That's timeless. You know, everyone's going to want to know information before they buy something. Now, using the written word to convey that, of course, is also timeless. I mean, people will always be reading. It will always be something that people want to do. You know, that sure. end of story. But at the same time, just like, you know... Blockbuster and VHS is no longer used for the conveyance of information for movies. There's movies are still around, of course, on all sorts of different formats. You know, there's there's other things that reviewers can do to push that forward while still retaining the purpose of what they're doing. Uh, but just like Dodger said, I mean, there's there's always going to be an audience for the written word. That's like a fallback. Like sure. that's you know, there's always going to be authors. Always going to be writers. I think you can argue but, so. that uh, the, the written word is the worst. For dealing with video games like it is the Are least appropriate that? that's that's what i would that, that's what i was getting at i think it, it doesn't if you it's if you tell thing. not show you're doing it wrong like exactly. you know mm -hmm. it, it, you can get a point across this is something kotaku started doing which was really smart and yes they do do that sometimes so they they started in their reviews putting animated gifs in to demonstrate points like yeah. they talk about a mechanic and then they'd show it in an animated gif i'm like that's a smart move because that gets mm -hmm. your point across way... A picture is worth a thousand words. Yeah. It gets the point across way better than you just yeah. trying to describe it. Because, really, if you're describing a mechanic, you often have to put a lot of detail into it, and that eats up that a thousand word space, you know? Which is why reviews are generally so generic. And they're just like, well, I've got to tick the boxes. I've got to talk about graphics. I've got to talk about story. I've got to talk about game length. I've got to talk about multiplayer. I've got to talk about any bugs that I find. And you end up, oh, it's the end of the article. Shit, I haven't talked about anywhere near enough. But I've got to put it out because that's the length of a game review. Because people won't yeah. read 10,000 words on a game. <clears throat> What's also kind of interesting is, is talking about what we were before about conveying the subject matter of the game review. It's, it's completely different when on one hand you can have you know, the written account from a generic website that you already have some predisposition towards. Or you can go watch someone that you probably already appreciate their opinion to some degree viscerally react to the game you're looking at playing. I mean it's, it's not even a, a comparison at that point. Yeah. Like for, for most people they're just going to go – that's not even an option. That's an evolution. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not the same. But at the same time, it's exactly the same. It, it, it's you making an opinion on a product you're interested in investing your money in, and you want to know if you should do it or not. Yeah. It's the exact same thing. And the course. way that you find that information out is always going to be different depending on what. But I, I do think that, yeah, written games reviews will never go away, but they will become increasingly irrelevant. And especially as we, it's the distrust I think that's going on with the industry right now, where people just don't trust a release game, is making people primed for Twitch and YouTube. They want to see raw, uncut footage. They don't want your bullshit. And I'll tell you this for a fact: if game developers and games publishers go down the Nintendo Direct route, where they take direct control of all of their pre-release media, there's going to be an explosion of people that desire that content because they can't trust that. 
yes, Nintendo Direct is great for what it is, but if that's the only media outlet that's getting access to Nintendo stuff, you should be very wary because mm-hmm. that's the publisher controlling the same media. It's the publisher controlling the media. That's a terrible setup. I mean, we've been dealing with that for years in, in games press in myriad of ways, whether it be through punitive embargo agreements, whether it be through blacklisting, whether it be simply the way that IGN works. I mean, do you really think IGN first is not a quid pro quo agreement? How do they get all this access to Bloodborne? IGN first, the first 15 minutes of Bloodborne. Here's 10 more articles about Bloodborne. Hmm, I wonder if there'll be any Bloodborne ads on the site at any point. I wonder if that will happen. Oh, they did. That's incredible. I wonder if there was some kind of agreement. I wonder if Bloodborne's going to get a nine. I wonder if that will happen. Oh, it did. Wow. That's a big surprise. The more of that coverage that comes out that is so, I mean, fuck. The IGN Bloodborne stuff was so linked to Sony that Sony posted the fucking article verbatim on the PlayStation blog with the article writer's name attached to it on the PlayStation blog. This is supposed to be an independent journalist. Bear that in mind. And whenever you see a lot of that, that really, really, really early stuff, and I think it's got to the point where outside of just kind of getting hyped for new games, people are just like, I'm just going to wait for it to come out. I'm going to see what my favorite streamer has to say. And if he likes it, then I'll be more inclined to get it. And if he's not, well, I probably won't. I'll maybe wait for a sale. I'll be a responsible consumer. Here's the best part. Yeah. Here's the best part. If they don't want to get it, they just stay and watch. So it's like, they it's watch it anyway. Weird yeah. Exactly. They're going to watch it. So it's this weird thing where they can go to a streamer's channel and they're like, well, you know, I can't tell you the amount of times someone has said, you know, I don't know if I'm going to buy this, but I'll probably watch it on Coe's. Or, you know, I don't think yeah. I'm going to buy this, but I'll watch it here. Or or better yet, I'm not going to buy it because I can watch it on Coe's. I've uh, had so see, many That's people. where we're going to start having problems. Because if I've that keeps so happening. Many people tell me they're skipping the order. Because yeah. they're going to watch it on my channel. If and that, that right. starts happening, publishers are going to get fucking pissy fast. Like, no, I know, here's, it, here's the I know thing. it kind of happens already, but... But it, the reason why it happens a lot of time is because they, they wouldn't have bought that game anyway. Like, there's a big... Yes. like like It's the big to, old piracy argument, isn't it? It's like, yeah. you can't prove lost sale. It's impossible. Because the people who are saying, like, oh, I'm going to watch Coz do this order playthrough... They aren't doing, like, sure, like, they will want to watch it because you're playing it, but most of them want to watch you play through it because there's no way in hell they're going to buy a game that, to them, is already stigmatized as being short and crappy and awful. They want to see you play well, so that's it. That's a PR and problem. If it's, yeah, if it's good, then they'll be like, oh, yeah, no, I saw that seemed pretty good. And if it sucks, they'll be like, oh, man, we watched that. That was so shitty. It's but, their problem, not yeah, yours. Then you should have to Jack be punished Ryan for the Shadow fact Recruit the at the end of the day. It's I still watched it. I still I enjoyed my time watching that shitty movie. It's not because the movie was good. It's because the experience of watching the shitty movie was fun. We watched Horns last week with my wife. It was hilarious. Holy shit. That, that movie, movie is, is a mess. stupid. It's great. I love it. It's so bad. And we watched the whole thing and we laughed our ass off and it was great. It's like, he's, they're going to do the thing with the snake. The, the snake's going to do that. It was great. That's an experience. I love that. You can have that with video games now, thanks to Twitch streaming. That, and, that, and that's a weird scenario. Say we streamers can turn a bad gaming experience into a positive, fun situation. It's like yeah. sitting oh, on your couch watching something with your buddies. It's, it's every David Cage game. That's all you know. Add add Jason! voice in that Jason! game. Perfect. <laughs> oh, At first, man. I thought that instead of calling yourself a streamer, you called yourself an extremer. Extremer. And I was like, that's mm. awesome. You just changed the game. 
I need to call can a lawyer. I, I, I'll copyright I, 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 for any of you get it. Extremer! Extremers! Boom and Papa! Fuck yeah! Someone has to have that X, like X streamer, like twitch.tv yes. slash X streamer. Shit, whoever has that, get it, get you it now. Win. You win it. You've won the internet because that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting world that we happen to be. All I can say is I'm glad we're not in the back heel of it because you guys are fucked. Oh my, you are. And it's it's noticeable. It really is. You're getting more condescending by the day. If I have to hear another word that Ben Kuchera fucking spouts on that goddamn website, I am going to find <laughs> that man and throw him down a well. Oh, Jesus. This is the man that single-handedly tanked Penny Arcade Report and somehow he still has a job in the industry. This is the guy that embedded a video that claimed that I have a long-standing axe to grind with minorities. Fuck you, Ben Kuchera. You are a talentless hack. Fuck off out of the industry. Nobody wants you anymore. <laughs> Please. Beefs. We got them beefs. Oh, we do. We <laughs> got them beefs. beefs. Hey, I gave them so much benefit of the doubt. I, I still, if they write a good article, I still link to a good Polygon article. I say, look, reward good journalism. Reward good journalism. And punish bad journalism by not fucking looking at it. I'll still say that. Even after that. Even after Ben fucking Chera put his ugly goddamn face onto my Twitter feed with his stupid fucking op-ed. <laughs> Even after that, I will still link to good Polygon articles. Whatever, racist. Beef, calm, beef, da beef, calm down. Beef, calm down, beef, racist. Beef, beef, and that's beef. enough out of you, man. <laughs> Get your wow. shit together. Ow. Hey, I just heard Polygon hired uh, one of our friends, actually. Um, Mr. Nick. Yep, Nick. He, uh, they hired Nick Robinson. Apparently, he's doing video stuff for them. Good. You may now be more relevant. Like, and I'll tell you, you know, there are some sites that got on this bandwagon a while ago. GameSpot's been doing it. We had Danny O'Dwyer on last week. Great guy. He does a lot of video content. Giant Bomb does it. Great video content. You're not doing good video content. You are. You're on the way out. You are. You will be leaving this industry within the next few years. So I suggest that you get your shit together and stop insulting people. Thank you. That's all I ask. If I have another SVU episode because you idiots couldn't keep your spaghetti in your pockets, I am going to find you and put you all in a well. I That's will okay. fund oh, more well. Okay. By the way, that we'll read it. We'll read it on Kotaku, guys. Just like I see, we'll read it on Kotaku. Of that episode is hilarious. They've leveled oh, up. I couldn't. I literally. I'm surprised they didn't have hit markers. I wanted someone to do an MLG remix of that episode with fucking Call of Duty hit markers and Doritos everywhere. The oh. second, like at the very beginning, the second that dude was like, "Get out of here, gamer girl," I was like. But you f I can't. Nobody do this. does that. <laughs> uh, yeah. Meet Good one person that isn't girl. ten years old that fucking acts that way. <laughs> my Find my one. absolute fair, my fair part of that entire episode is when they introduce the game and the crowd loses their shit. And I looked at the game and I was like, "There is no crowd in the history of gaming that would ever go crazy over this." That's like, not even like, Star Ramp, Citizen Ramp, level Ramp. of hype. <laughs> it was so fun. They were just like, "Woo!" And I was like, "Nope, that would never." That never happens. It was be like beyond the level like, of an EA press conference where they literally pay everyone to be there and cheer. I mean, it was insane. I was like, this is the best episode of TV I've ever seen. Uh, it is completely accurate. SVU, I, I, you know, and the last seven months of bullshit it led to this SVU episode written by Mr. Dick Wolf. You can't make that up. Dude, Dick Wolf, Wolf. has been with... Look, he's been law and order since the beginning, bro. Oh my god. Tears it from the headlines. I couldn't believe it. Tears I couldn't it believe it. Like, it's just, this is too good to be true. This is reality being stranger than fiction. He's called Dick Wolf. There's no way. I'm telling you, Ice-T, 
I don't know if if Ice T requested to have the best lines in the episode, but he's like, <laughs> probably like, he has just the trolling best the shit out of lines in that episode. It's yeah, amazing. He, he gets to tell us what words like noob mean and camping. What wasn't there? There was also a bunch of made up nomenclature in that that no one ever actually yes. uses. Yes. Oh, what was oh what was one of them? There, there were definitely a couple of acronyms where there was he was one like, that, that means this. And I, was that like, I can't remember. It's like, no, it what? doesn't. No one uses any of this. But I, guys, I heard on Kotaku that it's better than Civilization V with the Brave New World expansion. Yes, holy shit, best. <laughs> that was like trying team. to get gamer cred in there. Yeah, I heard about best Civ on line. Kotaku. Yeah, I'm sure you did. They're not even the same type of game. <laughs> They're not even remotely the same. It's insane. Wasn't it? It was holy an MMO shit. that the character made and the fucking Civ V's a 4X. Like, the comparison yes. is ridiculous. <laughs> So much better though. Like what? It's absolutely, yeah. I mean, this orange is totally better than this pineapple right here. Oh, that's what it was. It's an, an FAL is a failure at life. No one ever like, says that. No one says that. I bet if I go to Urban Dictionary right now, the definition was put in like three or four days ago. Oh, oh my god. What was? Oh god. And I'm gonna, you know, and I'll say it right now. Like uh, the the games journalists that have been making the fucking hay out of outrage culture the last seven months, you are partially responsible for that episode. And I hope you fucking remember it. Yeah, no. You guys used to defend gamers against this shit. And now you're like, well, maybe they have a point. No, they don't have a fucking point. No one is getting kidnapped, raped, and murdered over MMOs. Shut up. You the, idiots. The craziest thing is seeing, like, the weird disconnects and, like, the different people who work on all the different sites. Because when this episode came out, sites that six months ago... We're totally, like, would crave something like this. When the episode came out, the sites are like, just the worst thing we've ever seen. Like, this is not gaming culture at all. This is not what gamers <laughs> are like at all. And it's like, you can't have it both ways. Yeah, you Stop just, it. you wrote articles about Stop how it. much you hate gamers. Fucking VG247 came out today. So Mark Kern, the guy who, uh, he worked on... Uh, he worked with Red Five on Firefall. He got, he ended up getting ousted. Like he's got some problems. I mean, but he worked on things like Vanilla WoW, Starcraft. This guy has a lot of experience. Really experienced developer. Came out and put out a petition that basically asked sites like Kotaku and Polygon to apologize for creating a toxic environment over the last seven or so months. And what did VG Twenty Four Seven say? Don't shoot the messenger. VG247, the site that in 2013 claimed to be embarrassed to be associated with gamers because some people didn't like Devil May Cry. That's the site that wrote that fucking op-ed. Let me get you some choice quotes. Let, let me find you. I will find you some of the most delicious fucking hay from that goddamn article <laughs> regarding Devil May Cry because it is the worst. Like, oh, where, where is it? Here we go. Yeah, there's, there's some lovely choice quotes from this. Enjoy this. You've lost it, gamers, quote unquote. I'm ashamed to be sharing an arbitrary demographic grouping with such raving. I'm sorry, let me read this in the voice that it should be. You've lost it, gamers. I'm ashamed to be sharing an arbitrary demographic grouping with such raving imbeciles. Go outside. Get some fresh air. Volunteer at a soup kitchen you've never been to soup kitchen grow the fuck up and try devil may cry because it's a good video <laughs> game remember how you used to like those take devil may cry with you to the soup kitchen play with the homeless people is that what he just said because that makes no sense at all oh my wait God. is that a real article that is a real article <laughs> written on in wait. 2013 on vg 24 7 
these are the guys that today said don't shoot the messenger. Take responsibility for your bullshit sophomoric trash articles, you fucking hacks. They we all this- we do is sit in our rooms talking about video games and we still have more credibility than you. We literally take money from developers and we still have more credibility than you. How did you fuck that up? How is that possible? My god. Like you're going to have that less credibility bait. than Charles Manson in a minute. You can't click stoop bait. much lower. Jackasses. It's everyone competed for views. That's all it was. If you weren't on that bandwagon, gotta you bet, didn't get gotta the views. Bet, get and that outrage click culture. Here's an it's idea. Infuriated. Put out some videos with some fucking substance. Put out some articles with some fucking substance so people will actually fucking read them. And if you want proof, to four hours ago, I put out an, a video that literally is titled this. I will now talk about DLC for about 18 minutes. 114,000 <laughs> views in four hours. Fuck you, Games Media. You don't know what you're doing. Get on my level. <laughs> More money than God. <laughs> More money stuff. than God. <laughs> oh, Chicago. You got the big TV. <laughs> More money than God. How can you have less credibility than me? I'm sitting here in a bathrobe, you idiots. How did you fuck that up? Shall we talk about releases? Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Bravo. Here, wait. Let's see. All right. We're going to the 23rd. Y'all ready? Today, we have Total War Attila coming out for PC. It's not bad. It's I've, I've played a little bit of it. Uh, I haven't played enough to give you a review, but so far I've enjoyed it. If you like Total War, it's Total War. Is it buggy as shit? Uh, that's all that I'm worried about when bugs, these things but come out. Again, I'm, I'm maybe two hours in, so... Oh, okay. So you don't no. know yet. I don't know Jack, but I know that I'm enjoying yeah. it so I've far. been avoiding Total War since my Shogun experience, where the wall of my castle literally disappeared and people captured my objective from under the ground. That wasn't a fun time. Shave for display. It is a shave for display. <laughs> oh my god. Uh-huh. Uh, next up is Dead or Alive 5 Last Round for PS4, Xbox One, PlayStation 3 Network, and Xbox Game Store. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. that's coming out on PC as well, isn't it? At some point, if I recall correctly, I'm not sure when. I hope so. I like Dead or Alive a lot. It's a fun game. You misogynist. Boobies. That's a game where everybody is beautiful. Absolutely everybody. Everyone. Equal is beauty. You want to see oiled up Asians? You got them. Both male and female. I like it because beautiful people beat the shit out of each other in it. Yeah, it's amusing to me. Yeah, that's why I love it. It's a good combat system as well. Nice, mm-hmm. nice, really. I like just the animation quality in general. I love the counter system in that game because it feels like it flows. I love the counter system like, in the Dead or Alive series. Yeah, it feels like, because a lot of fighting games feel like they're very disconnected in the fighting, whereas this feels like an actual grappling fest where someone grabs you, but then you flip them over your shoulder, but then they reverse it, you know. It's, it's pretty cool. I like Dead February 19th, we have Medieval Engineers for PC. From the people that brought you Space Engineers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Might be I good. tried that one. Not great. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> I I basically downloaded it because I was really excited. You watch the, the trailers, and the trailers are kind of like you build this it's castle access, and you can isn't it? Of fun <laughs> things. And then you then you build the trebuchet, and then you attack with the trebuchet, and there's real deformation stuff. And then you actually play the game, and it starts in. It has an extremely rough UI. Uh, the hotkeys are are like rudimentary. I don't even think you can change them. And oh, yeah. all you do is build. 
Like literally what they showed you in the video is all you do. There's no resource gathering. There's no even real player. There's no PvP of any kind. There's no character. You're just an amorphous object that can place things. Yeah. Okay. And then you can click buttons to make them do things. It's yeah. Great. Great. Yeah, that seems like it needs a bit of work. I know Space Engineers, when it first came out, was not worth buying. Apparently now it is. It's got a lot of content. So just, just a bit of that in mind. February 20th, Hector for PC. Hector with a K. I don't know what, what that is. That? Me neither. Let's gaggle it. Hector with a K? Hector. I look up Hector, oh. I get a lot of H-E-C-T-O-R. <laughs> the undisputed commander of the Trojan army is what came up Clearly, for Clearly, yes. Hector game. Hector on I Steam. I don't see Experience this terrors only madness can conjure in Hector. Oh, no. A psychological horror game set in a world that literally moves with your every twist and turn. What? Okay. It's Maze Runners. What? There's all sorts of videos on the Steam page. Oh, so now I'm going. Watch. I'm looking. Fair enough. Watch the videos. I mean, it looks like your standard horror game that you would yeah. see on except it looks like Thief is chasing you. Basically this is the game where Thief is after you. Okay. The guy from Thief. You, That's what it looks, oh, looks like. You were a subject at Hector which is a place. You were a subject at Hector, a now defunct covert research facility buried deep beneath northern Greenland. Forgotten in its dark corridors with only a lighter and a flashlight to guide your way, you must overcome a psychosis brought on by years of torture. Hmm. That sounds, sounds like depressing. <laughs> yeah, it sounds really. I, that's what I was gonna that's say. Pretty Most grim. Sounds really sad. Are, to be I'm fair, I'm waiting though. for the jump scare, but I don't see one in the trailer. Hmm. Oh shit! What was that? Never there mind. You <laughs> there you go. You got it. You did it. Order How much is that? Six also February twentieth, I believe. Hmm. How much is it? It doesn't say. Too much. Oh, sorry. You're talking about Hector. Okay. <laughs> because order's probably too much. <laughs> Yeah, next up is The Order, 1886, for yep. PS4 on February 20th. As we talked about before, if Indeed. you were here earlier, you know exactly what The Order is. Indeed, we will see how long it actually is when it comes out. And finally, Kirby and the Rainbow Curse. Yay! For Kirby Yay, game. Kirby game. Kirby game is, is, is a blob of happiness. <laughs> I want there to be a game that comes out that's just literally called Kirby game. Yeah, why not? All one word. <laughs> that's all it is. That's all it needs to be. <laughs> Couldn't be anything more than that. So yeah, that's literally it for this week. That's that's all up until next wow, Tuesday. Wow, wow. Oh, I got one for you. This this one recently came out. You may have talked about this last week, but I'm interested to hear your opinions. Lucius two. <laughs> yeah, Dodger, what's your opinion Dodger, on Lucius go. two? This is all oh, yours. It's a shit show of a game. I love the fir the first one was even worse, if you can believe that. But oh man, I I've had. Yeah, pe people have found me through walls. I've been detected by NPCs through walls, and then they just show up in the room and are like, hey, little boy, what are you doing here? And I'm like, fuck off. And then sometimes dead bodies just, like, float after me. Even though they're dead, they just kind of, like, oh, man, it's just mwah, everything I wanted Lucius <laughs> to be. It's apparently a glorious fuck-up from what I've been talking It's the a missus, glorious shit show. The it missus really has been is. playing it and has said exactly the same thing. This game is fucking broke as ass in 50 <laughs> ways, and somehow it's still entertaining. Totally. It, but that, so that's I, I was how the say, first one was, too. Huh? You'd still rec like, would you recommend playing through it at least once? Is it is it, oh, is it almost that bad? I mean, I... 
I think I think it's it would be just as fun to watch it as it is to play it. If you have if you have somebody that you enjoy watching who's playing the game, not plugging myself directly. I know that like Minx and other people have been playing it, but like it's it's just the sh- the shit show that we've all been waiting for. <laughs> like I love it. Cool. So yeah. That'd be cool. That'll be good. I that's on my games to play list. So that yeah, might be it. That might be a streamer game. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. I think you know, even though I've been playing it as just a general let's play so far, I think that it's the perfect sort of a game to play on, on a stream because you're just like, what the fuck okay, is happening? happening? Yeah. Indeed. All right, well, that pretty much wraps our show for the week, folks. Thank you very much for watching. Before we go, of course, we'd love to tell you where you can go to watch our stuff. We'll start with our guest, Co Carnage, who is primarily a streamer. So you want to be looking at his stream, his Twitch URL, not his YouTube URL. Actually, do you even have a YouTube URL? I do, and I have a team that moves pretty much everything on Twitch to my YouTube ah, in some. So you can watch his VODs if you wish. If you come to Twitch, you're seeing it all. So, cool. yeah, everything, I'm Twitch-centric, yeah. Yep, very cool. So twitch.tv slash co-carnage. It's the, it's been written under his name for the past three hours. It should be easy enough to find. Not too difficult. Jesse, what's going to go on this week? What's what's happening? Yo, yo, youtube.com slash you Still there for the usual, usual, whatever that means. Uh, that, means that is nothing. You're making shit up as you go along. Maybe, but that's what I do. If you like videos where a guy talks gibberish while playing games but isn't an asshole who talks over cutscenes, that's me. I won't ruin your game experience too much. And, uh, yeah, come come watch my channel. I would love it if you did. That is all. And subscribe to it. That would me- make me happy. Not for numbers reasons, but I want that golden play button more than you know. <laughs> for ego reasons. Make it happen. Dodger, <laughs> what's coming up on the channel this week? Hello, everybody. More anime bullshit and also um, games that are not anime bullshit, but I pretend they are. Okay. See Lucius to the Kawaii Prophecy, which oh, is what God I've been sake. calling that game. <laughs> Stop ruining video games. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's press hard to continue. Uh, I also have another channel, Dexterity Bonus, but I just recently, well, recently being yesterday, put up a video saying I'm taking a short break from coffee time, so there won't be a ton going up on there. But hey, if you want to subscribe to either of those places, I would love that. And on all the social medias, I'm at Dexbonus, D-E-X-B-O-N-U-S. Whoa, whoa. What? You just go what? like, look, one of my channels, I'm not even going to fucking make videos, but if you want to subscribe to them, you totally can. <laughs> yes, so you yes. Just... For ego reasons. The there. Now it's exactly what Jesse oh, said. For ego good. reasons. Now, if now I get yeah. it. All right. Cool. Yeah, okay, good. good. Yeah, perfect. I get you now. Okay, cool. Oh, my God. There's apparently a Fifty Shades of, game par- a 50 Shades of Grey party board game. That is romantic, liberating, and totally fun. The party game oh that will God. entertain you and surprise no. you as it reveals Dragon how you Con. see your friends. Dragon Con. Oh my you God, must Dragon obey Con. the Red Room rules, which apparently sounds like a satanic ritual. The party game everybody is talking about. Dragon Con. Oh my God, shit, we need to play that. $28. Put it on the internet. Oh, are we go- Are we actually going to do that? Play the Fifty Shades of Grey party board game at I'm Dragon in. Con? I'm in. I'm I don't in. think that's I'm a good in. idea. I'm in. It has expansion packs. What the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> I know something that's expanded when I play that Expansion game. Expansion pack. You know what I mean. <laughs> but, uh, cu- customers also bought the blah button. What? <laughs> and a gift set of Jack and Jill rubber duck waddlers. What the f- Yeah. <laughs> what sexy. Is this thing? Oh my. This Where the waddlers in the tarp idea. room. Oh my god. <laughs> Uh, okay, this week, uh, probably Hand of Fate will be coming up on the channel, I imagine. A Co-Optional Lounge will be Friday this week. We'll be playing the Witcher Adventure game. 
I believe yeah. Dodger will be showing up for that one. Instead of going off with her other friends, her better friends. Yes. Yeah, what? I wouldn't say better. I just say, I just say in the area. The day I wouldn't changed. say better. The day changed. Uh, yeah, I, it's I already, fair. I, I did already had a day. lady night all set that's up. Fair, that's fair, that's fair. We bought pink sake. What were we supposed to do? Cancel it. <laughs> I mean, Bring the pink sake onto the show. It's a simple answer <laughs> to that. Yeah. Well, so we're playing the Witcher Adventure game for Corruptional Lounge this week, which will be on 8 p.m. Eastern. That is 5 p.m. Uh, 5 p.m. Pacific on uh, Friday. Are we playing the GOG? Yeah, GOG version. I think we're we're gonna need to push it an hour because oh. we have friend zone. Oh, okay, yes, okay, we can do that. Sure. We'll, so we might do a bit later because apparently friend zone is happening. All right, we'll deal with that. Oh, and TV draw frames tomorrow. Yes, I actually I also have a, a show about streaming, which sounds really boring, and I'm gonna be going on that. And Co-Carnage is there too. And it's called yes. Drop Frames. And it's hosted by JP, the most vanilla, vanilla of streamers. So it should be fine. God, he's so fucking boring. <laughs> what an asshole. Am I right, internet? He's only been on the podcast like five JP fucking times. JP is lovely. He's a <laughs> what lovely an asshole. man. Twitch.tv slash itmejp. It, what time is that? It's like in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon, right? Uh... 3.30, I think, 2.30, yeah. 3.30. Uh, something like that. Okay. Yeah, I'll let you know on Twitter. Just follow my Twitter. Actually, you probably shouldn't. It's bad. But outside of that, yes, that's that's what's, that's the show this week. Thank you very much for watching. We very much appreciate it. And a big thanks to our sponsor, Crunchyroll, where you can... Yeah, do the Crunchyroll. There, there the are crunch no actual Crunchyrolls crunch available roll. on Crunchyroll. Do the Crunchyroll. But there, are, there is anime. So if you <laughs> like anime, then you can do that. We... We stop doing the roll. We Do did. the crunchy roll. Do the crunchy roll. Goodbye. Do the crunchy roll.